that you're listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my Destiny 3 speculation video. A lot of folks have been speculating about it, so I decided to throw my hat in the ring. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, and if not, if you're watching on YouTube, you can hit like, share, subscribe, and hit the little bell button. Appreciate all the comments and all the folks that have been subscribing to the YouTube channel lately. Now, why are we speculating about Destiny 3? To be fair, it really wasn't on my radar. I wasn't thinking about it. We're not even done with the current season. We're going into two more. September is ahead of us. I I don't think September is when we're getting a new Destiny. But Dado made a video, and then Cacus and and Mtash went on IGN and talked about it. And we're hearing from folks that are saying, oh, it's not happening. We're not getting a Destiny 3. Listen, my video is ultimately going to be arguing that we are going to get another Destiny that is not going to be planted in Destiny 2. And I'm going to do my best to show you why I think that is. There's actually a lot to my argument. It's not something that's just speculative. There's a lot of things that have happened at Bungie, uh, and we've even seen things in some of their videos that indicate that there will be another game. Uh, there just doesn't seem to be a way for them to stay in this present one for the long uh, foreseeable future. So I'm going to start off by saying why bother? There were a lot of things that happened that I would say you wouldn't have bothered doing these things. I'm going to outline those things for you. Why bother if you're not going to go into another game? I do want to consider console launches. That's going to be in the middle of the video. That is a part of the discussion. I know Dado is basing a lot of his speculations about timing off of console timing because the same thing happened in D1. Console timing played a role and when they finally left behind the old consoles. And then I'm going to make my own prediction. I'm going to end with my prediction about when I think the next Destiny will land. So let's just start by why bother. First and foremost, I think the biggest thing the biggest thing in the corner of folks that are that are still believing there will be another Destiny, a Destiny 3, if you will, is them breaking ties with Activision. That is a huge and tectonic change. That is a risky change. I don't see them doing that if all they really planned on doing was riding out the life cycle of Destiny 2 and then not doing anything beyond it. That makes almost no sense at all. Buying the, buying the IP basically from Activision and securing self-publishing rights over the franchise franchise doesn't seem to make any sense if they don't plan on going beyond the present game especially with how full it is and how limited they are and what they can add they also put luke smith in charge and do pretty big shakeups. lots of people leave the company lots of changes within the framework of the game and and directional changes vision changes luke smith casts a whole new vision for the game walks out with mark noseworthy in that stream and talks about they want it to be an action mmo with an ever-evolving world they they want to make the destiny they've always wanted to make None of this, to me, makes sense if in the background they're like, yeah, we're just going to finish D2 and then that's all we're really going to do. We're just going to keep adding to D2 and then we're going to be done. The other thing Luke Smith does is he does a director's cut where he's open and he's honest about the technological limitations of Destiny 2. Anything they add, anything they add, they have to take out. So again, there's there's no way that with the way it's limited right now, they knew how limited the game was with respect to how much they could add and if their plan was just to kind of keep doing that, like feeding content, taking it out and feeding content and taking it out, just to end the life cycle of D2 and never go beyond it, it doesn't make any sense for any of the decisions that led up to this given those technological realities another thing, and I know some people might not consider this written in stone or gospel, but in the vid doc that said the moon and beyond they had a dry erase board and they showed seasons all the way up to 11 and then after season 11 there's year 4, 5, 6, and 7 that takes us all the way to 2024 okay, so keep in mind 
they're calling it year four after season 11 and then they had five six and seven they had specked out on a dry erase board pretty far beyond the present year that we're in i cannot again see their plan to go much further than you know 21 22 23 and all the way to 2024 in this present version of destiny that seems incredibly unlikely now i know people are like you can't hinge your entire argument on the dry erase board i'm not i made all my other points first because i'm not going to hinge my entire prediction and argument on the dry erase board but the dry erase board's a nice little capstone nice little cherry on top with everything I just said. You don't jettison from a major publisher, shake up leadership, change the structure of the game, switch launchers, go to free to play, make this big announcement, talk about building the destiny that you want to build just to finish out D2. And then a cherry on top of that is there's a dry erase board that clearly shows they are specking out well beyond where we are right now, and that doesn't jive with the technological limitations of the Destiny 2 game which obviously is related to the console launches. That's a giant question mark, right? There are console launches right around the corner. It's actually kind of exciting to think about. I try not to think about it too much. Series X, Xbox, and the PlayStation 5 are launching holiday this year. That is going to play a role in the launch of the next Destiny. I would say that if they are going to plan to do a significant launch on those, they are waiting for and probably thinking about motivating community migration. You need people to jump over to the new consoles if they truly want to tap into the power and and the strength of those consoles. Because you can't, if you launch a Destiny 3 that can tap into the power of the Xbox Series X and the PS5, but then also has to be able to run on the old consoles, that's going to be very, very limiting. I don't think that that is is the play. I can't I can't see them doing that. They're going to want to make a clean break. So if Destiny 3 does in fact launch on these new consoles, that is the only place you will be able to get the title, which means they have to wait a couple of years. They cannot launch this year or the next. Maybe even further than 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 that. Because if they wait if they wait too long, people are going to get bored of Destiny 2. If they go too early, they're going to be really really hamstrung by the old consoles or they're going to tick everybody off. I don't want to buy a new console would be the response of a lot of folks. They don't really feel the need. Sony and Microsoft are also making it very easy to not really buy the new consoles right away. You're not going to need the new Xbox to play the new Halo. You're going to be able to maybe you know, kind of bide your time and stay where you are. It takes a couple of years for the saturation to move people over. I would think if I'm Bungie, this is be my plan and I'm theorizing that they might do this. Try to motivate the Destiny community that exists right now on the Xbox One and the PS4. Try to motivate them to buy the new consoles because Destiny 2 will run on there in a similar fashion to the way that it runs on PC. At the present time, Destiny 2 runs on a Windows machine and it looks beautiful, high frame rate, FOV, higher resolution, okay? Same thing probably is capable of the PS5. That would be my goal if I was in charge and it was possible. If they could, if, if, if it's possible, that's what I would do. Hey, Destiny 2 is going to run and launch and behave differently on these new consoles. You don't have to do anything. Remember, cross-save, you don't have to switch, you don't have to come to the new platforms, you don't have to do anything. But I would spend the next 
couple of years as these consoles launch and get in circulation motivate it doesn't matter people that don't play destiny now what matters is the existing destiny community got to motivate them to switch over and buy the new console to get that increased performance because once you do that remember when they launched rise of iron you couldn't get it on the old systems and they said only about 10 percent of our community is on the old consoles they have to get to that tipping point again they have to get there again also in the midst of all of this I would say maybe even try to make moves like crossplay. They've said they wanted to do it, but there are limitations presently with doing that. All of this obviously leads to the conclusion that they would need a new engine and dedicated servers. That remains another big question mark. 343 is using a brand new engine for the new Halo that's supposed to be very, very agile and quick with adding content and creating new things and making updates. There is a possibility, we don't know, possibility, Phil Spencer loves Destiny. He's been doing stuff with them. He did the Bungie Bounty. He loves their game. He, he, he tweeted a picture of one of those mobile gaming devices with Destiny on it. There seems to be some potential, you know, ripples in the water right now, and if they would allow Bungie, or or maybe even have Bungie pay to have somebody build the initial launching pad of the next Destiny in that engine that's being used for the next Halo, that would be significant, and that could be really, really good for the next game. Again, that's total speculation, but I would think next landscape of consoles and the next version of Destiny would almost need I, I, I like using the word need very infrequently it would need to have dedicated servers in a brand new engine to really truly adapt the engine they're on now is over a decade old and it's really really restricting what the game can do so my prediction this is my prediction the earliest that you're going to see destiny 3 would be september of 2022 i would think they could even push it to scepter september of 2023 september of 2020 this year will likely be a dreadnought dlc with another year of seasons and then 2021 would be the culmination of everything it would be like the send-off year the triangle ships show up the stories developing throughout the year and the season it comes to a full culmination and it ends and that's the baton pass to destiny 3 in 2022 i don't know if they could get much further than that doing a whole nother year of you know season passes after a dreadnought dlc and then a whole nother year of season passes with the triangle ship era as a as a passing of the baton to d3 that's about the most i think they could they could swing i really don't know if you could get beyond 2022 by then hopefully they've they've motivated people to buy the new consoles, move the community over to the PS5 and the Series X so that when they sell that game, it is a it is only on those consoles. They could also even consider pushing back the launch date to the holiday of 2022 and do those good combo sales. Buy the PS5 and the Series X combo holiday sale. It's discounted and you get the, you know, you get the game included. That's always a big win for the games that are attached to those. So that's my thoughts. It definitely is happening. I think there's a lot of signs to point to. It is happening, but it is going to be pretty far out. It's not going to be this year or even next. It'll be at the earliest a 2022 launch. As always, we're going to transition to Q&A next. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session after my speculation about when Destiny, Destiny 3 will land. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit and like, share, subscribe, and the little bell button does help me out. We have a lot of questions. I'm going to start maybe having to limit questions but or time limit myself. These have been getting really, really long. I'm going to try to go fast. That's not in my nature, so I'll do my best. 
The first question from Gatecrasher. Would you like to see more dungeons in the future of D2? What would your dream setting? Enemy ETC for that one. Keep it the great work. Thank you. Um, I love dungeons. I was a bigger fan of the, the newer one. I was in the hospital when the one in the Dreaming City launched, so it wasn't as special to me. I, I, I had an emergency appendix surgery. Um, and so I like I really, really like the new one. I think the biggest problem with the dungeon presently, the newest one, is the, the lack of like meaningful rewards. The, 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 gun, the stuff you get at the end is essentially currency. You're going to break down that armor. Garbage rolls, usually they're in like the 48s or the 49s in their total. Uh, distribution doesn't really matter when you're less than 50 in your stat total. So you know my ideal i don't really think like this i I've, i loved wrath and the siva and the warmind era so a warmind dungeon would be really really dope where we finally go down and face against i don't know maybe we do something with rasputin maybe we have to fight against somebody who's trying to corrupt rasputin and we go deep down into the depths of a warmind bunker similar to wrath of the machine that would probably where my aesthetic preferences would go but outside of that i just I don't get too... I don't... I try not to do this. You guys will notice a theme in my Q&A. What guns do you want to have come back? I, I don't do that. I don't I don't like to develop laundry lists of desires and, and you know, oh, here's my grocery, sh- you know, wish list for Destiny. I try not to do that. I make suggestions for how to improve the game and for what I think would be good content loops and good loot pursuit, but I don't like to get into wish lists like, oh, please do this, please bring this back. Uh... Even even with Prison of Elders and Factions, when I entertained the idea of them coming back, I wasn't like, I really want these to come back. I was like, they might, and if they do, here's ways to improve their implementation. I try not to do um, the the grocery wish list thing because it just leads to, I think, a lot of times disappointment. Like if I spend you know a month dreaming about a Siva Warbind Rasputin dungeon. I might not ever get it, and so I've wasted a lot of thought and emotion on something that just isn't ever going to come to fruition. A fluffy rhino. Would you like to see a clean slate for Destiny 3 like there was for Destiny 2, all of our gear being reset with new stuff to go out and get, or would you like everything to return, maybe even a community voting system where you pick some things to return? Community voting system, I'm just going to slide that off the table. That doesn't seem feasible, and I don't like that. I don't think that would be the way to do it. I'm going to just... I'm going to push that one off the table. I don't like that. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't feel like the right way to do it. Now, as far as bring our stuff with us or leave it behind. I think our titles I think our titles can come with us and emblems gets touchy. I, if they're building the game in a new engine and they have way more space, emblems maybe, but again, that that gets kind of dodgy because do you really need hundreds upon hundreds of emblems? I really just think triumphs and seals and titles come over and you don't really need anything else it needs to be a whole new game a whole new you know a whole new world. it needs to be a whole new world <laughs> i can't say a whole new world without thinking of aladdin i am so sorry i already regret doing that we're gonna have to redo this session i'm just kidding that it needs to feel like a brand new game and if i'm if i'm carrying my stuff with me into destiny 3 that gives a very like i don't know what are, why are we why are we doing why are we doing this it needs to be fresh and that isn't we don't need to do we don't need to do that i i do think people titles are one thing titles are like a testimony of what you did in the last game like that's what a title is a title is a is a it's almost like a it's a badge of honor you know it's something you can kind of put on your 
character beyond that I don't, I don't know why you would be like well I need all of my emblems and I need my guns no you don't you need a new game and a new place and a new universe that's what you need you know animated emblems would be cool Call of Duty's been doing that since 2007 yeah that wouldn't be too bad animated emblems I really want shaders um, to, to go further I love some of the shaders from Black Armory that are they're animated and they kind of move I really really like that Steven says, do you think Destiny 3 will see dark classes? If so, do you what do you want them to be? Okay, so for the first time ever, I didn't indicate this on the show. For the first time ever, I saw how they could do this when 30 and so gaming was talking about it on the Rageous Roundtable about that's how he thinks they're going to keep Destiny 2 going. We're going to suddenly be investing into dark powers, subclasses, and potentially then weapons right that's how you reinvent destiny 2 for another two years you create a dark system where we're becoming corrupted and they could definitely do that with whatever the frick she interacted with when eris went into that room with her little rock it was the first time i thought to myself you know what that actually might happen what if that's what happens it could ultimately lead to our demise which means d3 would be a fresh start at that point it would be a it would be a hey you, you got nothing you got to start all the way over you don't have light you don't have weapons you have anything the dark powers consumed you and you used it to fight the triangle ships but now the dark power has left you it it, it it was it's no longer needed the universe is balancing itself something along those lines but i don't know if they do it in this version of destiny it would be very very strange it would feel like it's out of left field now again they could do augmentation of all our existing abilities so it would be like what we're doing now kind of like when they did with the taken right like you you're fighting a scion you're fighting a phalanx and it's the same but it's not it's a darker version of that enemy they could do something like that with all of our abilities and grenades that would be kind of cool it i don't think it can stay there though it would there's just a part of me that feels like, man, what a giant debate to be fighting and doing all the things we've been doing and become a warrior of light. And there's this long history of guardians being guardians of light. And that video where Zavala was like, what does it mean to be a guardian? And, you know, he shows all him, you know, him dying a bunch of times. That all feels very thin and frivolous if all of a sudden we're like yeah we're dark now <laughs> like see ya I don't know I, it would need I feel like it would just need to be temporary it, I, I can't see I can't see that being a permanent fixture in the game where we're we're sensing that we you know we have we have we have choices between the two I don't know I don't want to push against that I know that Luke Smith has a history in wow and he said things that some people have kind of been like maybe he means we're going to be choosing between light and dark um so I, I don't know. Dark Guardians and the choice between the two and maybe. They really, really need to build a enormously vast game if they're going to give you that level of impact and freedom to have a Dark Warlock and then maybe a Light Hunter. I'm salivating thinking about it. I don't want to think about that too much because that is a big, big undertaking and I don't know if that's in the cards. I, uh, that's crazy. That's that's massive. So, Lona, what did Zavala say? Impression was spot on. Oh, I'm not. I'm not doing it again. I can do a couple little little short impressions. I'm not doing it again. Ethan Kula, do you think the overall skill of the Destiny community increasing has made it hard for Bungie to make difficult content of what's possible for an FPS game? Well, there is certainly 
a challenge with respect to our prowess. It's not like we're suddenly really good at aiming and shooting, right? That there's just a certain level of like the, the people that were really good in Destiny 1 are basically about as good as they were back then. You know, go back and watch footage of the Redeem Boys play or or Slayer or when Tifu played Destiny 1. They're not they're not light years better than they were back then. It's our prowess and our expertise and our experience that is making it difficult for them to make things challenging for you. I talk about this in video games all the time where some of the metroidvania games that i've played there's a natural like upward slope of skill and ability in the game there's also a natural upward slope of skill and ability in the player you get to the end of a game and you're like i got this and what do they typically do they'll make something spongy they'll make something really really painful one shot killing you and stuff like that or they'll spam the heck out of you there's only so much they can do to get around the intelligence of a, the intelligence and the skill of an experienced player. That happens a lot of times at the crescendo of a game. They just sort of like throw everything at them because by now they're going to know if they've gotten past bosses 9 and 10, boss 11 and 12 have got to be unbelievable because they're clearly, you know, better at the game by now. So... You're saying the overall community. Well, right. Even the overall community just has more prowess when it comes to like aspirational content about standing on a plate, solving a puzzle, knowing where to go, how to fight a boss, how to maximize DPS. I, I don't know about the overall community though, dude. You, I played some content with people and I'm just like, what the actual frick? Like public events that it'll, it just blows your mind. I think there's still tons of casual players that and I mean this in the nicest way possible they are kind of clueless about the depth of the game and how you know how to do certain things I mean that with love they're just playing for fun they don't care to know about maximizing or heroic this or heroic that they're just they're just playing pub events <laughs> pub event blueberries will show you very quickly that I don't know if the general population in destiny is like light years better than they used to be um but community is getting better and a large portion is on an easier platform. I don't think it can be understated how PC is making the game even easier for top tier players. Sure, top tier players. I don't know again if the common if the common player is having that experience. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people just boot up and and do the looties and shooties. They're not they're not suddenly a thousand times better than they were in D1. Now again, keep in mind in line with what I said, when you get to the end of Ori in the Blind Forest, like you're better at Ori than you were in the beginning. You're wall jumping, you're you're run from the bird areas or run from the water areas. You're better at the game. You're running from the lava in a better way than if they would have dropped you in there, you know, day one. That your first time you sit down and play. So yeah, I would say the veteran casual is better at Destiny than they were in the past. Maybe they're better at just you know, using their super, their grenade, and their melee, and they used to just lean on their guns all the time. Like, they've just gotten better about being more combat aware. Sure. But I don't know if that's, like, limiting what they can give. I think Bungie just knows this is the ceiling of where we want to take aspirational content, and that's just kind of where it stays. To be fair, you want to act like we're all so good now. I mean, Vogue and Crota were very, very similar. Vogue and Crota were very much like you had your crew, you knew what to do, you went into the raid each week and you were banging them out. And those players 
did the same thing in King's Fall and the same thing in Wrath. I think, honestly, that's one of the reasons people didn't like King's Fall as much. They liked it, but they didn't like replaying it as much because it was really easy for one person to kind of cause the whole ship to come down. And I think that was one of the reasons people avoided it more maybe than they did uh, in the past because there was there was a clear, I think, um, there, there was a clear difference in... In how those and how that raid went, so I don't know. I do. I feel like back then raids were getting beaten pretty quickly, anyways. After like a month of being out, uh, the first time you play Dark Souls is pretty hard. But once you do it your second time, yeah, your prowess and your expertise just plays a role. Lost prototype. Do you think the weapon mod system needs to be more open? I don't get why artifact determines certain types of mods and which weapons they can be applied to. I have a couple. I think I have at least one video about that where they they I think they've they've learned enough to just open up the champion modifiers on all of the primaries. I, I don't think they need to be kept in 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 too restrictive of a lane. I, the, I love that they the idea, but I think week to week you should be changing your weapons according to modifiers rather than an entire season of scouts pulses and bows. It's week to week I think would be better I think modifiers there's two kind of things at play here modifiers need completely overhauled and looked at the idea that modifiers are largely linked to a dial of pain we'll just turn the pain up that's not really fun modifiers should be adjusting your gameplay so this week sure you can make certain things that the enemy do harder or stronger or more painful but you could also give me the ability to like, oh, this gun's stronger this week than it was last week because of a modifier. Modifiers should be used to shake up your loadout week to week because after an entire month of scouts, bulls, and pulses, you don't want people coming to that conclusion. That I don't know. Maybe that's Bungie's ultimate goal here, and maybe they're maybe they're smarter than me in this regard. That. Dude, people are going to be so sick of bows and and pulses and scouts that they'll they'll be so excited about all these new guns that we're going to be you know throwing out next season. Maybe I, they didn't seem to do that this time around. Well, no, actually, they did kind of do that because it was SMGs. It was SMGs were kind of king. They were kind of king in in the season before this one. So and now they're not. So they definitely rotate. I mean, there's not even an SMG in the sundial. Um, is there? Unless it's... No, there's not one in there. So they're definitely, I think, are, are shifting things around in that regard. I just think it's too long. It, every season being like, yeah, these are the ones you gotta use. Here's the other thing I think that needs to happen. If they're gonna give us more freedom on the champion mods, champions need to be... I, this is weird to say. They need to be harder. Most of us are bypassing anti-barrier mods. We don't even want to mess with them. So we just use our heavy on the anti-barrier champion. If that really wasn't possible, then I would be like, I got to use a champion mod. Presently, I'm okay with that because I don't want to. I don't want to run anti-barrier. The only one I run when I run Sundial is Unstoppable because that makes a huge difference in how much heavy ammo you need to use on the Unstoppable guy. But like knowing that I can go up and like two sword swing an anti-barrier champion, I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to mess around with his dumb shield. So I, I do think that they need to give us more freedom and I think they also need to give us the the pain of the champions in a more ah we've got it you've got to run anti barrier. Here's one of the reasons that's probably not going to happen with the seasonal content. If they do that with the seasonal content, you're going to run into 
I don't know. You're going to run into people that just don't run it, and it's really, really hard to play with them. You get into that kind of content, and if champions are running around, and you matchmake, and four out of the six people in your group are not running champion mods, that's kind of infuriating. So, I think that's one of the difficulties here, is they can create layers of difficulty spectrum and challenges and things for you to be aware of and mechanics, and if they do too much of it, it can really, really hurt the content because you're, you end up playing with Johnny Dum Dum that doesn't, that doesn't do, doesn't pay attention to anything. You know what I'm saying? He's just like running around shooting. No offense to that player, but like that guy can feel like a total anchor on your, on your evening's play session when you keep getting paired with people like that. So they have to be really careful with how they do it. You guys just submitted so many questions. Oh my gosh, I gotta go faster. Dr. Leon, a bit off topic. What do you think about adding a play of the week section in the TWAB? Basically, every Bungie is gonna choose the best Crucible play or clutch of the week and give the winner an emblem they could put in their clip tab. Yeah, I love the, the intention here. I don't know if you want to give them something. I don't know if you want to give them a an, an emblem, but I like the idea of like, hey, play of the game here, play of the week. That could be pretty cool. Epic pilot how uh with how big d2 is getting in physical size weapon armor counts uh how do you think bungie can logically bring d3 into the fold and not completely reset everyone oh i think they will reset everyone for the next game i don't think you can lug your your santa's bag like just look at collections for a second you cannot drag that into the next game you simply cannot it it, that's not a that's not a that's not a thing um no way and they do movie of the week it's often play of the week I don't I don't actually ever watch them I read the notes tweet it out and then I go back to hanging out with my family because the TWAB always comes out and it's like I'm, I'm not trying to watch videos um so I don't have time <laughs> I just don't have time uh next question from Bumble17 Luke Smith talked about weapons going away and coming back at a later time. Given how we're currently drowning in loot, how much will we have access to at the end of the season? Should we at least leave them and not bring them back? Uh, the Dawnblade hotfix is coming? Nice. Um, well, here's the thing. The... I don't know what they're doing, because the Vex offensive weapons are supposed to come back, I thought they said within this season. Maybe maybe I miss... I'm, I could be misremembering and, and, and subsequently misrepresenting what was said, but I thought they were bringing back the Vex offensive weapons the next season at, like, the Gunsmith or something. I'm foggy on it. I might be misremembering or misquoting. It could have been that eventually it'll come back, and they envision it potentially being... At the gunsmith or something? I, I don't know. Six months was said. Okay, so I, I am I, I might be misquoting it then. Season after next. Okay, well that would line up with six months then. Right, so I truly don't know, man. I truly don't know. My running theory right now is they're going to bury us in loot right now, and they're okay with that, because I think they do have plans in September to do a weapons 2.0 where they'll, you won't, you you won't want to use any of your current guns so i think that's why they're being they're being super super generous right now because then you won't feel the need to keep everything the legendary shard do you want d1 trials type armor or new armor for trials it would need to be brand new armor i think if they did any kind of reskin with trials it would not be well met they if they're going to bring back trials of osiris they got to hit a ball they got to hit the ball out of the park with the 
with the armor and the guns. It, it has to be right. We waited this long. You cannot do a ground roll double here. We need a home run. And all new armor, all new guns. It was all Trials of the Nine stuff. This is Trials of Osiris needs to be a whole new thing. Wouldn't it be 3.0? Well, you can get nitpicky about 3.0 or 2.0. When we say weapons 2.0, we're making a statement that is referencing armor 2.0. They never called the weapons update in Forsaken weapons 2.0. They never said that. Even in an interview about it, I think Luke Smith said weapons 2.0. Like, people are asking for a weapons 2.0 type update. Again, referencing armor 2.0. If you want to get nitpicky and be like, well, technically, it would be... I mean, who cares? You know what I mean when I say it. We're referencing a significant change in the system itself that would motivate you getting rid of, like we did with our armor. We got rid of all of our armor. So, that would be the goal of a weapons, you know, 2.0 update. Sinister Dodo with six months of subs. Welcome back. Uh, you've helped me wake up in my mornings. Well, <laughs> congratulations. Uh, thank you so much for six months of subs. Zareason says, Given how we're currently limited by the choices of D2 year one and by the engine and the tech, what's the speculation that we aren't going to get D3? Feels like Bungie can't accomplish what they want in D2. This is, I mean, I addressed this in the talk, basically. I think folks are using, you know, the idea of like Destiny 3 not happening. I think what they mean is like this year. <laughs> Cuz I think a lot of people were thinking, all right, we're done with Destiny, right? We're going to finish out these seasons, then it's time for the next Destiny. And I think some of those some of the YouTubers and the commentators were like, "Well, uh, hang on a minute. No. Uh, the next Destiny is 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 coming, but likely way out in the future." For people to speculate that it might not happen at all, I think is a very, very empty speculation. I think there's too much that points to the exact opposite. As I said in my talk, you would not break with Activision. You would not shake up leadership. You would not change the structure of the game. You would not have a dry erase board in a vid doc that specs out to like 2024. You wouldn't do all that if you were like, yeah, we're just going to ride Destiny 2 off into the sunset. There's just no way. That, that seems really unlikely because if you're going to say Destiny 3 might not happen at all then understandably then that means Destiny 2 is the end and we're just going to live here for the foreseeable future there's no way Destiny 2 is in its current state gets us gets us all the way to to, to through year 4, 5, 6 and 7 there's just there's just no way I can't I can't see that happening the real sticky general question but currently what's your favorite weapon in each slot um man i love the i love running my xenophage build i love the martyrs retribution grenade launcher i think it's really really fun and then um i'm trying to think of what primaries i've been running recently the what's that one i forget i'm blanking on the primary but those are the two those are two of the weapons i've been using a lot lately oh and the anarchy because i finally got it Whitlow, when do you think Bungie will revisit Marasov and why? I feel like Marasov is one of those dangling threads that's going to get pulled back in when the pyramid ships do finally show up. You've got her, you've got Callus. We have no idea what Aldrin's doing. We know he's kind of hanging around. We, we've we've got a lot of unlikely allies. You've got Callus, you've got Drifter, you have Aldrin, you have Marasov there's a lot of unlikely sort of like allies and associates that we have so I, I would see all that kind of coming to culmination and coming back together even Eris is a pretty unlikely ally uh, and acquaintance that we have Big Chief 
Will skill-based matchmaking be in trials? Wondering if I should delete the game now or wait. Not a serious question. Thanks for wasting my time. Uh, Tomokin. Any chance we will see general neutral bat... Why do these questions get through? Um, Frick's sake. Can we we get a perma on Tomokin1144, please? Uh, Sunfire. Without Anthem is getting to redesign the Division 2, doing a stream to announce future of the game. How do you think it will affect D3 uh, and the looter shooter genre? Um, Anthem getting a redesign in Division... I mean, Division's basically just announcing their next their next sort of semblance of uh, their schedule. They're not... I don't think they're gonna... I don't think they're gonna be... They're not... I don't think they're gonna be doing sort of a this is this is a change to the looter shooter genre, right? They're not they're not doing that. I think Division is going to announce their schedule. If Anthem redesigns and successfully redesigns, which I hope they do, I don't think it will have any effect on Destiny Three. Um, they said they're making big changes to the loot system. Oh, okay, they're not going to change. Let me let me let me restate it. They're not going to change the looter shooter genre. I don't think. If they can, if they if they actually create and can get good scalability in the late game, then great, right? My bad on some of those questions. It's fine. It's not your job to babysit children. Um, you know, the the late the late stages really, I think, are, are the big question. Looter shooter genre in general right now works. It's always about scalability. So. Let's imagine, let's just pretend then that Division 2 and Anthem make waves, right? They make waves. I was I was serious and I waited a long time for your answer. It didn't seem like a serious question, Big Chief. I don't know. I don't work for Bungie. Skill-based matchmaking in trials wouldn't make sense and it wouldn't work with how it was traditionally structured. There's your answer. Um, it didn't feel like a serious question. You say, or will I have to delete the game? Like, come on. If they make waves in the looter shooter genre, if Division 2's update and Anthem's update make waves, I don't think it will have an impact on Destiny. I think Destiny understands where they want to go. I think Luke Smith has a vision of where they want to go and and how they want to get us there. So also, also, I don't I don't think that there's a way for that impact to happen that quickly. Does that make sense? If they're working on Destiny 3 right now and Anthem relaunches this holiday or something and is massively successful, let's just pretend that that happens. I hope that it does. It's massively successful. I don't think Bungie's going to be like, alright guys, pump the brakes. We we got to reevaluate everything we're doing because Anthem just had a really successful launch, right? So... I, it, I hear where you're coming from, but I don't think the impact of those games could be that that significant and that felt that quickly. Now, long-term, sure. Maybe there's a DLC or there's an update or something that happens to Destiny long-term that is influenced and impacted by whatever Division figures out or whatever, uh, or whatever Anthem figures out. I do think that Luke Smith and the people in charge of this franchise now have a very firm grasp on where they want to take the game, and they're just going to continue to iterate and evolve and test and and put things in the game as a way to keep it afloat, but also to learn from our behavior. So, I was wondering uh, your view on what's happening with Anthem and Division Two. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to hijack this entire Q and A. But I'm just going to say this again. I, I'm going to say. I'm going to say this about it. I haven't. I haven't said much about it. I think the tone in Anthem's blog was different than anything they've set up to now. The tone in the Anthem blog was: we're going to basically stop updating the game. 
We're going to continue to put in things in the game that have already been there. We're going to recycle content, and we're going to basically go to the very foundations of the game, and we're going to rebuild. I mean, it's one thing to come out and have candor and to own and to be honest and to say, we've got a lot to learn. We've got a long ways to go. We've got a lot of things to do. There's a significant difference between that and somebody saying, we're literally going to rebuild the foundation of the game. And so with Division... I've not followed Division. I've not followed the Division's, you know, commentary on their game. I've not followed uh, any of um, any. I've not followed any of those game, any of the updates uh, from Division. I haven't. So I don't know what their goal is. I don't know what their what their mindset is about where they're taking Division. To me, I said this this morning. My frustration with Division is I spend twenty hours getting to. I spend 20 hours getting into the end game, and the end game is nothing like those 20 hours. That's why I always struggle to hang with Division. The early game is so fun, it feels so good, I really, really enjoy it, and then I feel like I'm playing a completely different game on the back end. There's no gradual scale or build-up. I also am not a huge fan of cover-based shooters, so there's a lot working against me there. That, that's kind of how I couch it this morning. So if Division figures out the end game and they give that community something excellent, then great. I, I'm happy for the people that love that game. It just really, really isn't. Uh, it isn't. It isn't my style of my style of game. It never has been. If the early game could kind of perpetuate itself and carry itself into the late game, I still think they should have made it more activity. Uh, I'm sorry, more abilities based than gun based. You really could have couched it in like, we are the division. We are. We have these incredible, these incredible abilities. We are highly advanced, and they could have downplayed gunplay. Would be there, but not like that's all it is. It sometimes feels like is like gunplay, gunplay, gunplay. Hide, hide, hide. Shoot, shoot, shoot. If it could have been more aggressive, more abilities based, and then this was my idea. You would have basically spent the entire early game cleaning up the city. And then there would have been a fracture within Division. Somebody would have stole the tech and left. And then he would have armed and weaponized all those people you previously fought. So now your end game of Division isn't bullet sponges. It's more advanced enemies. They have more advanced technology. They have more advanced weaponry and mechanics because someone just stole all your technology from the Division. So you spend the early game just enjoying all those activities. You're enjoying all those abilities. You're leveling up everything. You're you're becoming a, a an an elite agent of the division, and then that's the end game flip. Pfft, what the frick happened? The whole map is red. What are we doing? And you have this entire elite force of enemies now that has taken over the city. So now when you're replaying the game, you are clearing the map again, and it feels good. And you are leveling up, and you're adding expertises, and you're adding you know more power and more min maxing to your uh, to your abilities. But you're doing it to combat an elite force, not well, you know, Johnny Johnny Hoodie and 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 Stevie Jacket over here, they're they're all of a sudden really spongy and take forever to kill. I just I think that big that big like I don't even know what to call it. It's like a sucker punch. It's like, man, I just spent twenty hours having a very, very different experience than what I'm having now. It just doesn't. I, I don't know. It, it it really, really feels like a bit of a a bit of a. a I don't even want to call it. It just feels like a sucker punch. The the feedback to the player, the way the game flows, the way the game feels as you're as you're progressing. 
as you're progressing through division feels very different i gave the example today in destiny and i gave the example with god of war as well the first couple hours that you play God of War and Destiny, that content loop is largely what you do even when you're in the endgame. Shooting the trash ads, shooting the majors, using your abilities, using your super, and using your heavy. It doesn't change that much. Whether I'm in the Garden of Salvation raid, the dungeon, a nightmare hunt, or sundial, the content loop feels good. It's like, this feels good, man. I love this. Popping those heads. That's one thing I said that Destiny has done better than so many other games. The most mundane activity feels cool. Like, I'm, just the look of things, like throwing your grenade, punching something, using your shotgun, popping heads with your hand cannon, it all feels cool, and that doesn't stop when you get to the end game. In The Division, the rhythm of combat, using your abilities, shooting bad guys, all of that changes when I get to the end game. I'm like, this all takes forever now, like, what the frick, like... I, I don't know. I, Bungie has nailed the content loop. That's why people are like, oh, I'm sick of horde mode. I'm like, I don't know, dude. I, I can keep popping heads till the cows come home. I just love the way that the game feels. And that's why when a game like Anthem and Division want to maximize scalability, how do you get people to keep playing? They have to figure out how to make it to where the early game doesn't feel like it's divorced from the end game. You know, oh, I'm playing a completely different game all of a sudden. All right, I'm getting my download. It's a 3.8 meg download, and it's already done. Okay, let's load the game back up. So, so like, I, I, I didn't want to get off on this tangent, but I do think it's important right now, as Division 2 tries to fix things and as Anthem tries to rebuild itself, man, we have really got... People give Bungie a hard time. People give Destiny a hard time. We really do have a good game. They've done such a good job, and they've succeeded in so many ways that these other games have not succeeded. Destiny is here just resolute. They like These Destiny killers, man, they're still trying to figure out how to tie their shoes, it seems. It's like, you give Bungie credit where credit is due, you know? This game has stood resolute through the test of time. Five years in and we're still going. And these other games are like, oh, we're still sorting out the end game. We don't really know what to do. Sorry. We're like, you know, and and to their credit, I really do like what Yubi did with Division. They really use the end of um, Division 1 very smartly. They were very, very intelligent about saying, let's collect community, you know, impact impact feedback let's collect community feedback and influence and really channel that to invest in the game and i really feel like they did improve division two in that transition they still fumbled that end game ball it's really really tough and to be fair bungie hasn't really done a great job with end game in d2 either the aspirational content is beautiful but then it's like i don't i i don't i don't give a frick about the loot right that's that doesn't work they need to figure that out you know so move that shit please so crimson days celebration of friendship togetherness and love returns to the tower suit up find your crimson bond then speak to lord shacks to start the celebration you and your bond can collect confectionery hearts by completing crimson bounties and crimson doubles matches use these sweet treats to earn rewards and celebrate crimson days in style so we're going to interrupt this program just briefly uh, Q&A to show you all the stuff that's going on. So we've got the Ghost Heart Projection, the Crimson Shell, and then we have the Heartfelt Union. Those are all silver items. I have everything that is Glimmer. I'm sorry, Bright Dust from last time. Heart Sign, True Conifer Shell, uh, Carina Nebula, 
um, and Crimson Passion. I've gotten all of those. And then we come down here, and I've got these as well. Crimson Valor, buy that shader. It's awesome. I think it looks great. It's one of the best-looking shaders in the game. Bruised Blush, also. Now, if you've been holding out on some Bright Dust purchases, Spur of the Moment as a Sparrow, which is the giant, like, (laughs) bull-riding Sparrow, is available right now for Bright Dust. Spike Emote, where he spikes the football, is available. The Crimson Shell is available for Silver and Bright Dust today, so you can kind of get it for both. The Hell of Saint 14 uh, ornament is available. I really like that. It's all scratched up on the front. And then if you're a huge fan of the Crimson, right in line with a red-themed event, Crimson Days, the Crimson ornament is available right now, all spiky and cool-looking for Bright Dust. And it looks like we're getting uh, boot. Or, I'm sorry, what are the greaves this week? Uh, for Bright Dust. So, there you go. And then, when you load up in the game right now, and you go to the director, it says to Welcome to Crimson Days, speak to Shax in the tower. So we're gonna intermix the questions with kind of checking on all these things as well. Shinobu's Vow ornament uh, for the hunters. Oh, nice. Shinobu's Vow. Cool. What's does, Do we know what the Warlock one is? Next question from uh, SCE. Do you think a Dark Zone style planet would work in Destiny 3? I really I'm really really cautious against this and I'm going to be I'm going to give you a couple examples of why I'm very cautious against PvE VP environments. Uh, the Dark Zone was an absolute mess at multiple times in its iterations, a troll a trollville, okay? It's just where all the trolls go to griefing trolls just go to live there. And Gambit, I I don't know if I want to call Gambit a success. Gambit gets the same engagement as raids, and it's a match-made activity. That, I don't think, is a huge feather in that cap uh, of, of Gambit as a game mode. It, it It's match-made. You don't need a full team. You don't need to go in with six super-organized folks. You could just match-make into Gambit, and it gets roughly the same daily player engagements as raids. I think that's a significant mark against Gambit. I don't think Gambit has, has, has gone over all that well. I don't want to remove it. I don't want to remove Gambit. Everybody calm down. I don't want to remove Gambit. But I think those two observations that I'm making would be my argument to say, I don't really know if this is what we need. I think you need a clear divide. You got the PvE and you got the PvP. Split the sandbox, dedicated servers, go. And I think we'd be in a, I think we'd be in a really, really good place. I don't want to do anything in Destiny where I'm like, Haha, dude, check out all this stuff. Boom. And I get blown up by somebody sitting up on some glitch spot that he found or hiding in some window <laughs> or whatever the frick. And he launches a rocket down on me as I'm like picking up loot. I, the, the, the way I phrase it with Gambit, as I said, it's so disruptive uh, it's so disruptive that that's why I don't like it. I just kind of want to be left alone. <laughs> and I, I would worry that a, that a Dark Zone style piece of content in Destiny would feel outside of the identity of the game and wouldn't really fit. And then would subsequently not get good engagement in a similar way to the way that Gambit hasn't gotten great engagement. It doesn't get terrible engagement, but I really don't think it's done all that well. Uh, Crucible obviously dwarfs it and it, like I said, it roughly gets the engagement of raids. Raids are always been pretty low in engagement, which is understandable. It's a six-man activity without matchmaking. 
so I feel like the community has given Bungie kind of their answer about what do we think about a PvEVP environment? What do we think about Gambit? I think we've kind of answered with a resounding, eh, eh. That's kind of the answer we've given. It's a take it or leave it. No one's going to, let me phrase it this way. No one's going to buy a future version of Destiny simply because they have a Dark Zone area. That, that's not that, that's not going to happen. People were largely going to buy it because it has really, really good PvP or really, really good PvE, like a really good action MMO feel. I don't think there's going to be this giant swath of players that are going to be like, you know what? I was going to buy that new Destiny game, but there's no Dark Zone, so count me out. Like I don't think there's this giant swath of players in that particular category, so I don't know if it's worth development time. One of the main things games like this have to do is they have to evolve within their identity. You want to evolve. Like, if you look at a Pokemon when it evolves, it looks and feels like it did when it first popped out, right? You see like the little version and then you see the mid version and then the bigger version. You know, you got the Charizard, then the Charmeleon, then the Charmander. I probably butchered that, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like he still looks kind of like he did when you first encounter him and a game kind of needs to do that. It needs to evolve and be true to its form. Uh, and I am sorry to all the Pokemon fans. I probably did that out of order. <laughs> Listen, my kids like it, and I've never been a big fan of it. Don't give me, do not give me crap about that. You understand the point that I'm making. You got to stay true to your identity. Um, 100% true. I'm not going to buy it for a dark zone, but I wouldn't say no like a drifter planet. You have to remember something that anytime they spend development time on something that's a team that could be potentially working on something else now I'm not talking about the people working on the Eververse stuff because people overstate the presence of the Eververse in the game I'm not, I'm not talking about that okay I'm, I'm talking about an actual activity that you would go and you would run and you would loop imagine just, just think with me here I, I don't want to beat this dead horse Imagine all the time and the effort that went into Gambit going into, I don't know, PvP? <laughs> instead instead of Gambit, does you see what I'm saying? You're netting, you're, it, nets, it nets roughly 150,000 players a day, which is roughly the engagement that the raids get. And I, I don't... <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if there's a ton of people that are like, well, the only reason I'm playing Destiny right now is because of Gambit. They could have spent all that time on Crucible, which is a larger and more regular flow of players. That gets really woulda, shoulda, coulda. I don't like getting into woulda, shoulda, couldas, so I don't want to spend too much time camped out on a woulda, shoulda, coulda question. But you get my point. They're spending a lot of time on that or this drifter planet when they could give you a whole other planet that had a whole other batch of activities and a whole other NPC and a whole other loot pool instead. So, okay, there are literally two sparrows. I didn't realize this, but that makes sense because we looked at the picture and I was like, the centerpiece has to have that big piece of metal. There are actual two sparrows, SVC-12 and IVC-10. They sound like droids from Star Wars. IVC-10, why are you not at your post? Um, so you get these for 50 confectionery hearts a piece. You have the diesel punk. I already have this. This is actually an awesome ornament uh, for the Wardcliff. And then the vow uh, is actually pretty nice. Archer's tempo, rabbit hit bow, and then the undeterred sparrow, um, and then a ghost, and then the flaunting dance. So the, the bounties complete a nightfall and a fire team of two. Complete crimson days bounties. Okay. 
And then well, that's a weekly, so you're gonna it's gonna take a couple of days to get that one. Two days at most. Matches of Crimson Days. Lost Sector in a fire team of two. Defeat enemies with melee final blows. Complete any match made activity. So, for all of us non-crucible players, this actually isn't too bad. You can actually work on this stuff, and you don't actually have to uh You actually don't have to worry about going and playing PvP if you don't want to. So uh, that's not bad. <laughs> PVE options. The PVP crowd's gonna be very grumpy about that. They're like, they don't give us any PVP options when the PVE stuff comes out. I am sorry, PVP community. Here's my uh, generalized polarized fractaline. Oh, I don't have a choice. I don't know. Like, no, I can get around it. So conceivably, this week for fractaline, we could ignore that, I guess, and raise resonance before grabbing it. Don't pick it up, right? I could run all these weeklies before picking it up and do all of my investing first before picking it up, which would raise how much I get. Isn't that basically pulling from next week, though? So does it really matter? That's what I did. Ignore it. Yeah, you can just hit B and don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. Okay, so Chad is telling me not to pick it up. So I'm going to pick it up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ignore it until late Monday. Dude, it's going to make Monday. I'm, I'm going to break my A button on Monday. All right. All right. Let's look at the bounties. Let's look at the bounties. Uh, I thought they lowered these. I thought they lowered some of these. Uh, 300 pulse rifle kills. 200 scorn. Uh, 30 EDZ materials, whoops, and then uh, 5 lost sectors, that's not too bad. The rapidly defeated scout is back, rapidly defeated with precision final blows is back, so that's great, you complete those at like the same time. Vex anywhere in the system, thanks for the percentage, why not give us a total, I never understand that, and then 1 heroic adventure, and 300 enemies anywhere in the system, so... These aren't these aren't too bad. Uh, these bounties are not too bad this week. You can definitely knock these out pretty quickly. The one that'll probably take the longest is the. Honestly, I don't really know. You can really. I love when you can multi stack them. That's always nice. Like you can be working on all of them at once. So I will not grab it, chat. I'm not gonna trigger you. We are all about investing. Do not believe Bungie's. Don't believe Bungie's lies. I'm just kidding. But don't believe them. It's not about contributing. It's about investing. Invest. You want to diversify your bonds. All right, next question. Ashen Hollow. Should masterworking armor not be as costly as is, or do you feel it should be easier to obtain or farm the materials to enhance it, considering how fast season turns around? Listen, I don't necessarily think this needs to be overcooked. I think leveling up the armor is fine. I don't think it's that painful, but I also don't think that it should be. The only real thing that I think, as far as pursuit of armor, that's a whole other discussion that I don't like getting into, because I feel like the armor is a pretty big subject. Internally, within the armor right now, my only significant feedback is, when I level up the armor all the way to level 10, I spend all that material, I get it all the way up, I use the Ascendant Shard... I should be able to change the affinity one time. Because if I get a pair of boots and I really, really like them and they got the right perk, I'm sorry, they got the right stat distribution on them, it'd be really, really nice to be like, I'm going to invest in these, take them up to level 10, and I would really like these to be arc. Because I'm I'm, going to use these in a build that the stats line up with swords or something or machine guns or whatever a one-time change that's like the only sort of input i've been using with respect to saying like here's something they could do within the armor system itself i don't like getting too deep down in this 
in this hill because to me I do think that we get too specific sometimes in our requests and in what we ask for and then we end up asking for things that are more suited to our playstyle and not suited to what's just a good system in general uh, I don't think we need to lose affinity altogether they just added it um, so I don't want to jettison a system that isn't causing that much pain and disruption a minor minor change and it, it, it'd be fine a minor change to that system and I don't think the affinity system is a problem at all A9 says, if Bungie wants to outsource, or I'm sorry, if they were to outsource or partner with another media giant like Amazon or Microsoft to have more resources at their disposal, how could Bungie make it lucrative for them so they agree to help? $10 DLCs in a silver store won't be enough, um, or are they? I don't know. This is not, I don't really sled on these hills, man. I don't know exactly how they could, how they could structure this. Because I do think that, in a, in a general sense, outsourcing outsourcing to another company could be helpful because they used to have VV, they used to have High Moon Studios, and I do think that that would that would be uh, potentially very helpful with their bandwidth and with their um, with the way that they you know push out content. It could happen more regularly, and it it would it could potentially give them the ability to make people feel like they're getting more content and make people feel like the game is more alive. However, I'm not necessarily going to get into the 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 depth of what it would look like for them to royalty share with Microsoft or Amazon. That's just not something I, I feel like I'm, I'm equipped to talk about. Side quest. What do you think about the state of the skill-based matchmaking in comp? Something seems very off about it. Skill-based matchmaking in general is terrible. I'm not going to waste time on this one. This is a whole video, a whole rant, a whole discussion that myself and many other people have gone on. Skill-based matchmaking is is Bush League and ranked. A true ranked and unranked system is the, the desire that everybody wants. That a true ranked and a true a true ranked and unranked system satisfies both the hardcores and the casuals. Skill-based matchmaking that's on the fly is Bush league and terrible and it hurts games it's been hurting games since they've tried to implement it anywhere else that they've ever implemented it skill based matchmaking has never been ever been celebrated uh, by the core community of any game it's always hated and it's always criticized and it always runs against the spirit of getting better and improving and and it generally drives people away and I don't think it's a secret in any game that you see where it's implemented the response is usually pretty poor and engagement typically goes down from it a true ranked and an unranked system gives you the spirit of what people are asking for but it's not easy to develop which is one of the reasons a lot of games don't do it Kane do you think that Bungie is currently developing a new engine or do you think that they will just start using the Unreal Engine for Destiny 3 I am more leaning towards the possibility of them using the same engine that the new Halo is being built in but that you know that's just a big theory at this point uh Ice uh, I can because True Vanguard's PvP tourney got me thinking. Besides the fact that you'd be a good shoutcaster for it, thank you. Have you thought about doing your own custom event to unite your community following? Um, just give me time. I'm launching some. I'm launching the biggest project I've ever tried to undertake as a content creator in March. Um, I have a waiting message for me right now um, from Anubis. I haven't even looked at it because I don't want to distract myself. Uh, I'm launching something pretty huge. I'm working with Get Wrecked Labs and and Rotting Jackal on something pretty significant that will hopefully result in really cool things and really cool uh, pieces of content and events for you to enjoy. Uh, and I'm also talking to Typhoon Trav and members of the Sweat community to do um, a tournament 
because I believe these tournaments can coexist. I don't think we only want tournaments like uh, True Vanguards. I think what Ryan is doing is really cool, but I think we want to see the other side of the community represented as well, and that's why I offered, I, I sort of offered my assistance to them to say, you guys play at a high level, I want to put that on display, let me bring production, you bring your amazing gameplay and stream it, and let me and let me take care of the rest. So, you just gotta give me time. Um, and I also think Trials needs to land and PvP needs to go through its significant changes before we can really, really um, do any of that. Chando. Is Destiny 3 on the Xbox Series X the platform to unify the player base on PC and Xbox, making it the preferred and larger player base, thus driving Series X sales for non-PC players? I've said multiple times that Microsoft is a sleeping giant, and there's articles that are coming out where they're basically saying our competitors are Google and Amazon, and then Paris really highlighted that last night. You know, he's been following Microsoft for a while, and he got to interview Phil Spencer. People thought I was off my rocker when I brought this up about the PS5 and the Series X and how Microsoft isn't really even concerned with a, with a console war anymore. Like, let's try to sell more consoles and PlayStation. That's not really in their business plan. And people thought I was crazy. Uh, people thought I was nuts. But all signs and articles and research and interviews are pointing to what I said coming to fruition. I do believe Microsoft is creating a sleeping giant of infrastructure to unify uh, player bases and games and gamers. And I don't know if that means you're going to want to play Destiny on the Xbox. Maybe. I also know they've expressed interest in crossplay. So Bungie has interests that are that are not necessarily always going to be completely in line with whatever Microsoft is doing. Bungie might be like, well, no, we want to include our PS4, PS5, you know, player base as well. So, no, I am not shoutcasting the play your way tourney. I am not. As far as I know, True Vanguard is handling almost all of that on his own. Uh, JTC. Do you think Destiny 3 would move away from randomized attachments on guns and swap to fully customizable weapons such as Division 2? Again, this is kind of what I said when I, I embarrassed myself about my lack of knowledge of Pokemon, but you got the point of what I was saying. The game needs to involve, evolve and stay true to its form, and it needs to evolve within the identity that it has. And I don't think a weapon system like you see in Division... I don't think that's it. I don't think that's the call. I, I, I think that that is, that is very, very much another game type that I don't think we want to... This is the danger, I think, of sometimes what happens is people are like, well, this game does this really well. Why don't we grab that? And this game does this really well, and why don't we grab that? And you're going to end up looking like somebody who grabbed a jacket from this guy and shoes from this guy and a hat from this guy, and you're going to look like you literally got dressed in the dark. You can't do that with a game. A game has to stay in its lane and its identity, and we can't start grabbing what feels good in another game. A lot of the times, one of the reasons it feels good in that game is it's attached to an entire ecosystem and grind rhythm and combat style that fits that. And you try and bring it to a game like Destiny, and it's not going to work as well or even work at all. Um, So I think attachments would be dope, similar to mods. I could get behind attachments with respect to, like, magazine, barrel scope, but I think the perks and the stats would would probably be better left to being a random roll situation. That's, that's a very Destiny-esque thing. Luke Smith seemed to indicate that in his director's cut, so... 
Animus Control. Do you think there's a possibility that D3 will continue the free-to-play model that they have adopted for D2? Maybe not at launch, but a year down the road, or do you think they went free-to-play as a way to widen the fan base? It was it was a solution for two things. Um, games that are late in their life cycle have to create accessibility lanes for folks to come in and play, or you're going to make it really, really hard for your game to grow. It'll just stagnate. So if if and when a D3 launches, I don't think it'll be a free-to-play game. Bungie's not becoming Fortnite, where it's, it costs nothing, and then, you know, you're you're spending $85 in cosmetics. Like, they're not doing that. Now, people do spend money on cosmetics, and the cosmetic store is there, but it's not, it's not a free-to-play game. It's a free entry point, which, again, is more of a solution to a problem of a long-standing franchise. Like, a two-year-old you know, RPG, MMO, always online game needs, needs entry, an entry point. And I don't think that they would say uh, D3 is a free-to-play game. There would be a $60 price point to get in and play. And then a year later, they would discount it like they've always done. So, you know, hey, Destiny 3's been out for an entire year. You can buy the uh, September DLC or buy it bundled with the whole, with, with the, with the, the base game, you know, for a discount. And then when you get into the next year, they make the base game free. They make the DLC cheaper and then they make the present DLC at full price. You see what I'm saying? Like they're always going to do that. It's like on a sliding scale. It's like 60 next year discounted next year free DLC full price when it comes out next year discounted next year gets bundled in for free everything's just sliding down that scale with time because of the natural devaluation of a product it's just been out long enough it's like when an iphone gets discounted it, it people get mad but it's like that's just kind of how it is early adopters pay the premium and then you can get a discount if you wait so i can't see them getting away with that i, I don't see this game working as a totally free to play game whitlow do you think Bungie in D3 will create something above an exotic? Maybe this weapon? Or, yeah, I don't think so. And I don't like speculating about that. That's a that's an internal logistical decision for the, the, the tier hierarchy system of, uh, of the next game that I don't feel like talking about. Callum, if we do get D3, do you think the darkness is the finale of D2 or the main antagonist? I don't know. To me, it makes more sense for the darkness or whatever these triangle ships are to serve as a catalyst to the next game, a passing of the baton, that makes more sense to me than them being the total focal point. Because Destiny still needs to feel like Destiny. There needs to be hive-infested planets and fallen-infested planets. It still needs to feel like Destiny. So you can't completely jettison that feel of the game from itself. That'd be odd. But what's just the darkness now? You know what I'm saying? So I do think it's going to play a part, but I don't think it's going to be like the all-encompassing you know, that's all we're facing. I also don't think they're going to get rid of it either. Like, oh yeah, it's totally gone. No more darkness. Uh, no more veil. No more triangle ships. Like, I don't think that's the case either. Dancing Viru. Is there a possibility that we get another Rise of Iron situation in D2 for next-gen consoles? Also, maybe Bungie has new tools to deeper the character uh, creation in D3. And that's why they tease of our death. Possibility. Yeah, possibly we come back to life in Destiny 3 and we could maybe make ourselves look a little bit different or something. Um, the ghost could be like, this is, this is, uh, you know how they do that in a video game and they have you like look in the mirror and they make you look like yourself. You know, the ghost could say something like, it was really hard to bring you back. Um, you don't even look like yourself. And then they could have you look in the mirror and you could change the way that you look or something. I, I don't know. So you're the same guardian, but like they give you an opportunity to like, give yourself a freaking beard um but you know something like that as far as rise of iron situation i do think there will be a passing of the baton my argument in my video was 
motivating the Destiny community to move to the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 and the way that they would do that, I would think, which would be a... I don't know what you would call it, but I'm going to call it this. It would be Destiny 2... Uh, high definition frick I'm bad at this you know what I'm saying there'd be a better version of Destiny 2 that you would get on those consoles that would run better it would look closer to the PC performance I, I feel like Bungie has to do that they have to woo people to say hey come get the new consoles get Destiny 2 on the new consoles they're enhanced right get Destiny 2 enhanced something like that um, perfected edition, yeah, Destiny 2 Prime, Destiny 2 Perfected, Destiny 2 Enhanced, Destiny 2, what the frick are we doing right now? Vorpal, how would you feel if Bungie pulled off a new D3 release without any marketing and just dropped it, for example, tomorrow? Uh, that'd be ter- that'd be probably a pretty terrible idea. Um, there's a lot of natural marketing lanes and hype that they can invest in for not a lot of money. It's not that expensive to send Luke Smith and Deej and Cosmo and everybody to E3 to do... Uh, the interview circuit. It's not that difficult or expensive for them to use their own studio to do streams. It's not that expensive to fly folks out for early access and new capture events. <clears throat> I'd love to be included. Um, It's not that hard to do that. It, really, it's not that expensive. To suddenly drop the game like that, I don't think would be... I don't think it would achieve the 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 reach and the marketing power that they have at their disposal for not a lot of money. It, it's not that expensive to channel all those things. To leverage all those things. Or something for D3. Do you have any guesses of which engine they might consider? We already speculated it could be the one that Halo is being built in. A lot of people have speculated Unreal. If they can build Halo in a new engine and keep Halo feeling like Halo, uh, it's very similar feel and vibe of Destiny. So, your main man, Julian, with Destiny 3 being at least two years out, do you see it being held back like Destiny 1 was by the 360 and the PS3? Uh, should they make it slightly different experiences and have the best performances for each console? I would actually think if they do it right, you wouldn't launch on the old con- you 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 would not you would not launch on the old consoles at all. You wouldn't. D three would only land on the new consoles. Um, so Destiny has no connection to Halo anymore. So how would that work? I think you might have misunderstood what I meant. What I mean is the feel of Halo and the feel of Destiny are similar. So if 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 343 can move to a new engine and make Halo still feel like Halo, I think the similarities in the feel and the movement and the gun handling, you would say, yeah, that engine's going to that engine could work. It could work for their purposes. Um Royal of Mars, a Raleigh of Mars. Where does the idea of the Dreadnought DLC come in? Okay, not a lot of people are aware of this, but Luke Smith indicated that the end cutscene where the light of the traveler hits all the different locations is like the the the, the DLC. That's that's the that's the order of the DLC. So it hits Mercury Mercury first, that's Osiris, then it hits Mars, that's Warmind, then it hits the Reef, that's Forsaken, then it hits Saturn and the Dreadnought. Well, we didn't get that. We got the moon instead. So that I, as far as we know, th- there would there is still plans to bring the Dreadnought back. I don't, I don't think they totally got rid of that idea. Also, Savathun is all over this game. They hinted at Osiris. He came back. They hinted at Kalos. He showed up. Um, they've hinted at all these things that end up happening. They seem to have made significant hints that Savathun's going to make a pretty significant move. In one of the strikes, Eris Morn even says, we won't know what Savathun's move is next until she does it. Like, indicating we're kind of waiting for Savathun to do something. I don't, to me, those dots are pretty connected. Remorse 91. 
we will likely see weapons 2.0 this fall i agree if they push out another year before d3 do you see any other major foreseeable changes in the fall of 2021 no no but it would be their send-off year fall of 2021 into 2022 would be their send-off year so that's your year for age of triumph i I don't know bring back the old raids i i honestly don't know i can't think that far i can't think that far in advance uh vlef hey wrote a book for me would destiny 3 require a total loot reset or do you think we could somehow implement vault transfers absolutely not it needs to be a loot reset i i I would say that titles could come over um and the rest of it's not a question tsef do you think that they would get us all the zones from d1 and d2 in a d3 Oh, we get this question a lot. I I would think if they could do dedicated servers in a new engine, this would be a really, really great... Yeah, this would be a really, really great thing to happen, but you got to be so, so careful here. If it feels like Destiny 3 launches and a significant percentage of it is reskin, I don't think that would be a really, really good look. Now, what you could do is your first couple of DLCs and seasons could be called, um, you know, it could be, the, 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 the seasonal structure could be structured around sort of like memories of the past. And it could be us sort of going, going back to those areas and retreading and there'd be new missions and new quests and new loot. And that would be, I think, maybe more well-received than the launch title being really jam-packed full of what, what would be considered a reskin. Keep in mind, I would freaking love that. I would love the entire systems and planets and, and worlds and stuff to be there from D1, D2. The real question is, would that be good value transmission? Would you really want to go back to those planets? You would do it, and then you'd be like, that was nostalgic, but I don't know if I give a frick about any of this. I want to go to new places and do new things and do new strikes and have new experiences. I could see us getting flung into a completely different universe with completely different planets and enemy types and everything like I could see that being maybe a little bit of a better springboard than welcome to destiny three half of it is where you've already been I don't know if that would that would go over all that well I don't know if I want to go around the EDZ ever again I don't know if I want to go around again I think the value is very quickly spent it's just it's like a bottle rocket. It's like, whoa, that was so nostalgic. I don't, yeah, cool. I don't really care about these plants anymore. Why are we even here? Nathaniel says, what's one lesson that you hope Bungie learns for a potential Destiny 3? Any lessons you feel they could take away from Destiny 2's lifespan? Scalability of loot. Like, how do you motivate me to keep chasing stuff? And aspirational content structure. I... Why are raids given loot that doesn't ultimately matter? Why are raids given loot that is sort of ho-hum and a bit of a yawn? They've got to figure that out. There has to be a better scale. It has to be like like an accordion, right? You can open the accordion and you can push it back together and you can kind of see... Imagine if there's like a picture on the inside of the accordion and the larger you open up the accordion, the more you see... So the more you play, the more you uncover, the more there is to do. The problem is, is a lot of times in games like this, the further you open the accordion, you're like, no, 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 close it, close it, close it, close it. There's not much here. Like go back to a, <laughs> go back to a more like, you know, a, a more non-hardcore in, engagement. If you open up the accordion too far, it's like, yeah, there's nothing there. So they've got to figure out how to scale it. Like the more you pull on that, the further you go into the game and the grind, there's got to be something beyond I always called it the well behind the wall. 
the idea that there's a natural progression in the game. You're playing, you're leveling, you're leveling up, you're getting to what feels like sort of an end. You know, your max level. And then you get over that wall and there's this well behind it that you go down deep into. Activities change, the world changes, the bounties change, your loot grind is completely different. They did that kind of in Shadowkeep. You hit 900 and the whole game changes. All of a sudden there's milestones. I personally think they need to go one step further. As soon as you hit 950, everything should have, cha- should have changed again. Everything should have changed after that. You should have been like, oh, all the milestones are different now. All the activities are different. All the NPCs have bounties and different weapon pursuits and things that I didn't have until now. There's got to be that thing beyond. And and that, and, he, and, this is, and this is the real trick, okay? This is the real trick. If you can make that early game really, really satisfying, you can keep the casuals happy. If they feel like they're largely getting the experience of what is in that well, but they're getting it in a more piecemeal fashion, in a more satisfying fashion, then the well can be very grindy. It can feel like a bit of a treadmill. And that's okay, because it's back here. One of the one of the one of the setbacks I think of Destiny currently is everything they make is largely played by everybody and therefore it can't feel like a treadmill. If they put you on a treadmill, you love it. You've conditioned for it. You can run the distance. You can play long hours and you can go. And this guy's like, dude, I just want to play for a couple hours of night and I'm not making any progress. But if it's more like the early game is more like running laps that's very satisfying to the more casual more hobbyist player and then when you get done running laps there's a treadmill waiting for you there has to be a handoff from main game to end game and I think that's one of the challenges at the present everything they're adding has to kind of be accessible and playable by all people because if Sundial would have felt like a treadmill it would have satisfied the 10% of the hardcore and then everybody else would have been like this sucks I paid $10 for this and I'm getting nowhere I'm achieving nothing this is why leveling and infusion costs needed addressed because largely people were coming back and playing things like Black Armory and Drifter and Opulence and they were like I'm not making any progress it's too slow leveling's RNG based and so they smoothed that edge because they wanted people to kind of come in and stay in figuring that out for the next game is 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 the biggest and most potential learn for them the aspirational tip of the pyramid world like how do I create uh, a world for, for the hardcore people to live in. I said it's kind of like a shopping mall where most everything is on the bottom floor and then kind of on the second floor and then the third floor, there's stuff up there but there's cobwebs everywhere. It's like, why do I run a raid? Why do I run a dungeon? There's no real reason to live up here. There's no real reason to even grind for min-max because there's nothing that's, that's challenging at the top. They have to have a more more balanced structure to the to that aspirational feel without making it feel like if I don't put in eight hours a day I'll never make any progress because then you'll lose the casuals and the hobbyists which is not a good look so many questions Oki Bungie's a game developer if they aren't creating Destiny 3 what else they would, would they be doing I mean working on Destiny 2 uh, transitioning to work on this NetEase project but I don't think the entire company is working on the NetEase project I pooted said what do you expect crossplay um, oh do you expect crossplay to be a required feature for games coming in the next few years this is really going to depend on Microsoft getting dominance and not flexing and suddenly going back on their word. I don't believe that they will do that. I believe a big selling point of what they're doing is play with anyone, anywhere. And if they can get a lot of companies to agree to cross-play, if they can get Sony to play ball, then they can continue to say, play with anyone, anywhere. And then as long as they don't backtrack that promise, then I think crossplay could become a more standard feature. Hashtag Abe. Would you consider Destiny 3 DOA if there's still no dedicated servers and it's built on the same engine? 
I'm not going to say it'd be DOA. It would really, really struggle to grow and flourish. It would be, it could be very, very much a flash in the pan. Um, I think they would struggle to make a game that feels relevant and new and fresh on that landscape. And I also think it would be very, very hard for us not to say we, we, we haven't gone anywhere. We haven't achieved anything. This is just another, you know, half-baked mess. I like. I don't want to pronounce it DOA if that were to happen. A lot of people said similar things. Uh, DOA is dead on arrival. Um, a lot of people thought that Destiny 2 wouldn't go anywhere without dedicated servers and a new engine. I was one of those people, and they somehow managed to do it. I think that possibility of pulling that off again, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's like... It's like when you get really, really lucky and you like throw something across the room and it bounces off the blinds and hits the cabinet and hits the wall and then goes in the trash can. And you're like, wow, whoo, that could have been bad. I, I could have knocked the lamp over and broke a vase. And I got, lo- I got so, so lucky. Now, are you going to try and do that again? Are you going to try and do that again? Probably not. You're like, I'm not doing that again. Whoo, <laughs> wow. We, I got, I got, I got lucky. There is literally, I could be really hard for me to think. Bungie be like, let, all right, guys, picture this: we stay on the same engine, no dedicated servers. Let's do another, let's do another rocky launch. We did it with D1. We somehow weather the storm of D2. Let's do it one more time. I, I can't. There's literally no way. Number one, they're not tied to the rigid schedule of Activision anymore. I'm not faulting Activision, by the way. It was a shared blame situation. There was a creative dissonance in Bungie. They didn't really. They weren't ready to launch. The delay of D1 rippled through the rest of the game for five years, of pushing things back. But th- the delivery schedule and rigidity of the contract with Activision led to a lot of the problems. They're not underneath that thumb anymore, so they can push things back if need be. And I think that I think the gaming community is becoming more receptive to delays. We got in a hot, fiery debate this morning about No Man's Sky. And I'm telling you what, if Sony would have loosened the reins and let Hello Games get another year, it would have been, people would have been ticked. But I think a lot of the dialogue and narrative about No Man's Sky would be 100% different if they had been able to delay that game. It wasn't ready. You know, they had significant problems. They had the flood. They had all these things that kept them from adding all these things they wanted to add. They added them in time. You know, so ultimately they made good on all their promises, but it, it took for a really, really long time. And they really, really got ripped up one side and down the other for it. And I do think more and more now gamers are like, That's fine, man. Take your time. The challenge is we are not talking about a game that will launch in a vacuum. Or in the Blind Forest got delayed for a month. Nobody really threw pitchforks in the air or lit fires on their city. Okay? But that's just Ori in the Blind Forest. At the current current time, you're playing Destiny and you want more Destiny. You're not just playing Destiny, but you're playing Destiny and you want more Destiny and you want a future Destiny. It's a different situation because of being a live service game. I think it's harder. You're going to have to like maintain, but not just maintain. You're going to have to also maintain and build new. And it's just, it's a really delicate balance, I think. Uh, the Conchitis. Do you think that waiting until 2022 would be a better choice for Bungie, seeing as they're self-publishing now? I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to. This is not really a question that's that's worth answering. I've already talked about when I think it's going to land and why I think waiting is better than rushing. Do you think Destiny would benefit from a class overhaul to be more MMO RPG heavy with more roles and more customization? If it were to happen, would this be something that they could overhaul in D2 or would it be D3 only? D3 only. D3 only. 
it still needs to feel like destiny i need to go into my skill tree and it needs to feel familiar but expanded upon that would be like my marching orders if i was sort of in charge or i was a design team lead or something i would be like it needs to feel like destiny it needs to feel familiar but expanded upon so okay here's my subclass that's familiar it's expanded upon oh here are attunements but it is expanded upon so you're taking things that people can tether to and find familiar and not find confusing and then you go and you expand upon it and go way down with it add depth and customization and specialization and all these things beneath that if it's not familiar if you overhaul it too much you can really overbake this cake you can make it to where people are like this doesn't feel like destiny anymore click fire would you pay $10 a month to get more loot missions and dungeons smaller raids and more items than in game instead of the eververse this is a question for me of course I would the question is, should they do this? Absolutely not. This would fragment the player base. You can't start monetizing and slicing off content like this. It would fragment the player base. People would claim they're being nickeled and dimed. Uh, ironically enough, the Eververse keeps them from doing something like that, which would ultimately probably bring more criticism. Niji Wave. With E3 probably revealing PS5, Xbox X, nah, no. Sony's not going to E3. Could Bungie grab that opportunity to promote the next-gen adoption uh, with a trailer for September and beyond? Really good question. Probably not. September, they're really going to want to push the next DLC launch to sell it. And then once the new consoles are out, I could see Bungie doing something holiday to say... A, you're going to want to buy this version of Destiny because Holiday would be more of a... I think people's minds kind of go to console purchase, game purchase around Holiday, and September is, what do you got? What's new Bungie? What's the big thing? And I think they would want to they would want to separate those marketing efforts so it wouldn't get muddy. It'd weird to be like, hey, we're here at E3 to talk about our new DLC. I'm calling it the Taken Queen. This is total speculation, right? Um... Oh yeah, you know we're 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 launching Taken Queen. Oh, we're also launching a, a special edition of Destiny Two on the new consoles. You know, I, I think marketing gets muddied, and then it's hard to know. Wait, what are they promoting? What do they say? Did they say the next DLC is only on the new consoles? What? Like, it, it, trust me on this. People people would get it all backwards and wrong uh, very quickly. Uh, Dr. Genade, is D3, if D3 is going to happen, what kind of content do you think we'll get in the meantime, since most of the devs' time will be spent on the new game, repurpose old content? I think a lot of what we're getting now, an annual DLC with seasonal content that feels more live team support. Uh, Lords, uh, Lord of Memes says, do you think D3 will go through a dry spell of meta and content at the launch like D2? There's no way for me to know that. That's not, that's not a question worth answering. Sorry. Uh, it's par, it's Parks. Do you think that the release of D3 would need to be accompanied by any major system changes, not just subclass weapons, armor, but complete overhaul of other activities? This is way too specific a question. I'm going to start gliding over questions like this. I don't have an answer for you. I've not thought about the intricacies of the next game. Today was just to talk about the logistics of the timing of when it could launch and console launches and all of that. I'm not going to get down into this. This is way too specific. There's really no reason to even talk about that. Venom. Do you think a D3 will be coming or some new Destiny experience? That's what today's been about. Uh, New consoles dropping end of year, possibly info. Yeah, these are questions that have already been answered. Sorry, you just weren't here. Code Reaper. When Shadowkeep was announced, Luke Smith emphasized that turning Destiny into a single evolving world was part of their vision for the game. How do you think that vision can square with the eventual transition from a D2 to a D3, given that the complete separation of those games would presumably have? 
Um, this is a really good question. Single evolving world. <sighs> and like completely jettisoning from D2 into D3. I don't have a good answer for you. I don't know. I guess they could keep some things around, keep the tower, keep the guardians, keep the, you know, keep something that feels like it's continuing to evolve. Again, this could be this statement could reign true if the story continues if the story feels like it's evolving the world of destiny but the world of destiny changes shape like evolution brings changes right evolution brings brings death destruction and new life so you could clearly see them saying yeah the world is evolving the story the story went in a crazy direction and everything got destroyed and now there's new planets or we're in a new area so uh, Maniac. When Destiny 3 gets released, where do you think it will begin related to D2 would leave off with the triangle ships? Yeah, I already answered that. Triangle ships would be a handoff to the next game. Theory HP, is there a world in which we do not get a D3 and instead Bungie continues to work in D2? Entire day has been about how that's not happening. C squared. With seasons 8 and 9 reworking Void and Solar subclasses, do we expect Ark to follow a similar path for season 10? Uh, what changes would you like to see? Did they already do a bunch of Ark updates? I thought they did some stuff. They did some stuff to the the code of the missile i i honestly i don't know i would think that yeah if they haven't done a whole arc oversoul the overhaul they would but i'm pretty sure they already did that we had an arc yeah we had an arc week yeah they already did this they made changes to like code of the missile and stuff venom with the potential of ps5 backwards backwards uh, backwards compatibility do you think it would simply be an expansion format since the new console can run the old games with the patch of the content it released would be just for ps5 then those of the new consoles could get it that would potentially make sense assuming xbox is doing the same thing end of year again some of you guys are getting way too specific in your lines of questioning like I'm not going to get down into the smuck and the smire I'm just not it isn't it isn't worth discussing I would think to transition people to PS5 and, and Xbox One there would need to be an enhanced edition that runs better backwards compatibility is not that you gotta remember backwards compatibility is basically like an emulator you can boot up your Xbox One right now and play 360 games on it, but it's like an emulator. You even get like the Xbox 360 loading screen. It's kind of weird. I don't think that's the same thing. The one, that one running uh, or Orochi. How do you think that the Destiny franchise is going to end? Will it be an awesome one? I'm not answering this. Uh, the Faz GC. Do you think D3 could benefit from a skill tree based system similar to Diablo 2? Uh, I miss the feeling of a true build specialization. As I said moments ago, I think the idea is it needs to feel familiar but expanded. I reference ESO a lot. Like, you pick an ability or an attunement and then you drill down in it and you customize it. So, familiar but expanded. Heggy. With the lack of space already in D2, with the game being so large, does it make more sense that D3 would come in 2021? We don't actually know how limited they are in space right now. Some of the limited space they could be doing could be literally because they're like, we have to save space for the Dreadnought. We have to save space for this big thing or that big thing. The example I gave the other day is if I'm structuring my living room and I know that that corner is for the couch and it's a big couch and that corner is for the TV stand, that, that space is just kind of there. And it does restrict what I'm doing in the meantime with like a coffee table here and a chair there or a chair there or a lamp there. But that doesn't mean that there's not space sort of being reserved for bigger things. Zelda Heart. If Destiny 3 is coming, do you think that they would reset our vaults again or find a way to keep progression while continuing the storyline? I don't think you can bring all the loot from D2 into D3. I think that that's... No offense, it's foolhardy. That's too much loot. 
Uh, it, we have too much loot now, honestly. I would love a loot reset or an armor 2.0 system landing on the weapon system so that I get rid of a bunch of weapons willingly and start chasing new stuff. Headshot Hunter. Is Destiny 3 even required? Would it not be better to keep evolving in its current iteration? I don't know how anybody, if you've been here any length of time for this discussion, could ask this question. There's just no way. There is no way they can do this. D2's limited on space. is outdated technology. There's new consoles on the horizon. They broke with Activision. They have a, a, a pretty significant plan seemingly in place. They put Luke Smith in charge. All of these signs point to you can't live in this game anymore. I don't know why anybody thinks that's possible. All signs point to the exact opposite. You've either not read his director's cut, you've not been here, you're, you've not seen any of the, the, the waves being made in, in, the, in the gaming community. There is just no way that they can stay in this game. It just seems very, very Im, implausible executioner i remember hearing this idea a while ago curious what your thoughts are on it there was something supposed supposed leak of d3 that was going to go away for a pvp arena and having pvp areas similar to wow do you think that they should keep the current structure or do you think a new console new engine new engine structure our new game structure could thrive considering destiny 2 has had the same formula since d1 launch familiar but expanded would be the continued theme that i would say so familiar but expanded you know pvp could expand quite a bit with a separated sandbox and uh you know did dedicated servers pve could expand significantly with a new engine and dedicated server larger areas world boss fights bigger you know more people in a single area bigger strikes bigger battles more elaborate skill trees to land on the battle of combat that that's that's that is that big and grand and and challenging so again i I don't think I, i don't think we want to start trying to pull characteristics from other games and start shoving them into destiny i think that is a that's a significant mistake like i said you don't want to look like you got dressed in the dark you start pulling from every other game, every other every other characteristic of every other game in existence, and it can really, really muddle the game and confuse its identity, and you'd end up with something that doesn't feel like Destiny. Collusion King. Do you think Bungie is big enough to develop D3 on its own, or do you think they would need help from another company? It's so hard for me to even speculate about this. I don't know how they operate. I know they're a pretty big company. That's, that's like about as much as my working knowledge and they have teams of people that work on stuff e freshly what would be the biggest thing you would uh see them change happening in d3 i already talked about this scalability and the aspirational content structure alexander me don't you think d3 would go against the three core pillars luke smith outlined in the shadow keep reveal system an awesome mmo a single evolving world play anytime anywhere with your friends aka free to play entry Man, this is so, so related to the No Man's Sky debate we had earlier. So much interpretation is happening here. You are interpreting what he is saying to mean certain things. And the danger here is, this is why developers are so hesitant to talk to the public. This is why people are so scared to say things, because it can be taken in such a way that you're like, nah, hang on a minute. Luke Smith said in a video in 2019 that it was going to be an, an awesome MMO and a single evolving world, and I could play anytime, anywhere. So it better be free to play, and it better be on the Xbox One. I'm not saying you're saying that, but I can see where your line of thinking is going. I really, really, really don't think we need to dig too deep down into his statements at that point, right? 
what he's arguing for is the turning of the tide of the game it needs to be an action MMO but then when he talks about being an awesome action MMO he talks about more customization more stats better social experiences right I've missed so many subs CL Mitchell with a brand new prime sub Alfex with 35 months 5 months from Allison Repose and a brand new sub from Michael with a bunch of numbers thank you so much enjoy all the badges and the emotes and the ad free viewing so this, this really does harken back to what the heart of the debate this morning was, is so many people hear statements from a representative of a, of a gaming company, and they interpret them to mean certain very rigid, very specific things, and I think that is so, so dangerous. Playing anytime, anywhere with your friends doesn't mean free-to-play. It doesn't mean that. They did free-to-play as a problem-solve for accessibility for late-edition players in a game that's been out for a long time. You know, play anytime. Again, it's an always online game. As long as you have an internet connection, sure, that would reign true. A single evolving world, meaning that the story of Destiny 2 would be connected to the story of Destiny 3. At a very, very general level, a single evolving world. And when he backs that up, he talks about the stories being connected, not being this happens, then nothing else. That's just done. Eight is just hanging out now. Boom. Drifter shows up. You see what I'm saying? They expand upon these. These are like headings. A single evolving world. How does Luke Smith expand upon that heading? He expands upon that heading by talking about how the story is going to continue. It's going to be one handed off to the other. It's not going to feel like it's completely disconnected from what previously happened. He also talks about a single evolving world, talking about moments where you had to be there, players impacting things that happen in the world, like things that happen in the Dreaming City. So he bolsters that that statement with other things. It doesn't mean there'll never be a Destiny 2. It doesn't mean there'll never be a Destiny 3. Why say it when they don't mean it? He doesn't mean what the interpretation is, T-Funk. When he says single evolving world, if someone's going to interpret that to mean, well, there's no Destiny 3 then. Luke Smith said single evolving world. That clearly means we're always going to be in Destiny 2. No. He's not responsible for your interpretation. He's not. They, They give us plenty. They give us plenty of ways to understand what he means by a single evolving world. Again, taking what he said and interpreting it to be to be very rigid. Oh, single evolving world. We're never going to get Destiny three. Then they're just going to keep evolving Destiny two. I a single evolving world could literally mean it is a single thread of story that evolves over time that we are impacting, and Destiny three could be the continuation of that. I, it, it could be that generic and a lot of what he says seems to point to it being more about a seamless story that is connected and we're having an impact on those things as well when he says there'll be more stats and there aren't there's no interpretation there there are more stats though You, we, they brought back those stats weren't there discipline, discipline, strength and intellect were not there They were generic timers. They were not stats that we had influence over. When Destiny 2 launched, those stats were gone. They were standardized. And then you could influence them with with different things. Those were D1 stats. You're splitting hairs. I'm done with you. That's a waste. This is a waste discussion. Uh, Shad Berserker. How do you feel that we should start D3 in terms of getting light of our abilities? I I don't, again, I don't want to get too into like how it starts. It should be some semblance of a reset. Uh, Sibs, you think we'll get Trials this season or the next? Trials is almost assuredly coming back next season in Season of the Worthy. Gab says, should D3 be free to play? Uh, we've already had this conversation. I don't think it can be free to play. I don't think so. 
it will be a paid entry point. Free to play was a solution for a, co- a game that had been out for a couple of years. It wasn't like, oh, we're becoming a free to play game. If that were the case, they wouldn't have charged for seasons. They seasons are ten dollars. Like if it's a free to play game, why are they charging for seasons? Why are they charging for DLC? Uh, Skyla. What do you think will be the line to draw if Destiny adopted a more free-to-play model? Yeah, again, it's not happening. I, I can't see them doing that. Um, just June. What systems and or activities would you like to see carry over from D3 to D2, or do you think Bungie should just start fresh? I mean, again, similar but expanded, similar but evolved, you know, familiar but evolved, familiar but expanded. So I like Warlock, Titan, Hunter. I like the subclasses. You can completely evolve them, though. I can be doing completely different things with Void and Arc and, and Solar in the next game. Uh, I like the weapons. Weapons feel freaking awesome, but there needs to be more there, more depth, more customization um, beyond just, like, you get a random roll and then you're kind of done. There could be mastery of a weapon type. There could be um, investment into um, the skills themselves. Like, you get a random roll, but then you're not kind of done. Again, the well behind the wall, right? You get the gun, but you're kind of not done. You got a god roll, sweet, now invest in it. I don't want crafting, but I, 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 I definitely think I definitely think you could you could 100% go beyond just going for, you know, for a god roll. This dude is dodging so many questions, it's insane. Really want to get that bungee rep, huh? Um, I think you want to get my foot in your face and get kicked out of my chat, because that's not what I'm doing. I'm not dodging questions. If you're going to split hairs about the fact that the stats that came back to the game in Shadowkeep with Armor 2.0 were in D1, and try to invalidate Luke Smith's statement when he said there's more stats coming back to the game, if that's the line of argumentation you want to go down... I mean, I could go round and round on bad argumentation, splitting hairs, and false equivalencies, but it's a freaking waste of time. So get the frick out of my chat and don't come back. Quit uh, Quiet Mask with the next question. Do you think after D2, there will be a time skip to D3? I don't know. I could definitely see them, like, resurrecting us again in D3 to be like, it's a fresh start. And then also, as we said a little bit ago, like, give you the opportunity to change how you appear. Uh, Arcanus. Do you think that there might be a new class in D3, Eris? Um, although a hunter seems very shamanistic with space voodoo after losing her ghost. See, this is again where I, I'm not against it. I am not against them doing like a new class, but I, I love the familiar but expanded idea. Titan Hunter Warlock, okay? You can expand on those. Solar Hunter, I'm sorry, Solar Void Arc, and then expand on those. Um... I don't know if we need to be like, oh, whole new class, a shaman, <laughs> you know, plays a fallen or, you know what I mean? Plays a witch doctor. I, I, I don't dislike the idea of like, oh, it's more to do, right? More to do with your character. If they're going to be more action MMO, because I know people heard MMO and they're thinking, oh my gosh, there needs to be like eight races, eight classes, nine. Sk- <laughs> and I, I don't disagree that like, that'd be kind of cool. But I don't know if that's destiny. I don't know if I want to boot up and be like, okay, I'm going to pick a human shaman hunter uh, with a specialization in this, right? I, that, I don't know if that feels like destiny. That feels like Skyrim. That feels like, it feels like another game. It would have to be done in a way, again, that feels familiar, but expanded, because I don't want to boot up Destiny 3 and I don't think anybody really wants to boot up Destiny 3 and be like, wait, this is a completely different game. Again, it needs to feel familiar. 
and I don't know if that would feel familiar to suddenly have a bunch of new classes and new races and things like a lot of the lore and a lot of the things that we're doing now are sort of set that doesn't mean they couldn't be like a darkness subclass I know decay is in the lore there's there's actually four elements that hold the universe together in the de- in, in the destiny lore there is the stronger nuclear power which is solar and the weaker nuclear power which is decay decay is not represented in our subclasses or in our weaponry we have similar things like darkness kind of poisony stuff with thorn and st- I don't know if that would work as like a oh a decay subclass I, th- there were people that have theorized about a decay subclass Outside of that, I, I just I don't know if there's room to suddenly be like, hey guys, guess what? Complete unknown lore depth of a new class and a new ability and a new element. I'm not gonna say don't do it. I'm not. I'm not gonna say don't do it. I'm just gonna say if it if it's done in a way that is familiar and expanded upon, then I think that would be the right way to do it. You gotta be really, really careful. Like I said, you don't want the game to look like they got dressed in the dark. Where, well, Bungie clearly tried to take inspiration from Diablo or from this game or from that game and then it doesn't land right, you know? It, somebody's hat might look really good with their outfit and you put it on and it doesn't look right because it's it's not connected to what you're wearing. Taking something from another game and shoving it in Destiny has to land in a way that that, that, is, that is sensible. And so new classes and new abilities could, you know, and new races could do that. Is it necessary? I don't really know. I think really digging down on what it is to be a hunter that is using void I would rather see that expanded upon because I would have more of of a nostalgic attachment to dude like it's so cool to play as a void hunter right now and there are certain things that that remind me of D1 and D2 but it's so much better and it's so much more vast and if it's so removed from that history that's when I would feel like the games aren't connected sweatpants do uh, what do you think are the main points Bungie need to address with the sequel to avoid the same criticism they had jumping D one to D two? I've kind of already answered this question, so I don't want to re uh, I don't wanna, I don't want to retread it. The idea that they need the scalability to make sense, they need to they need to make aspirational content really really worth doing. Aspirational content's not really worth doing, and the scalability of what am I? The biggest challenge I think they're facing presently is also the challenge they'll face in the future. I'm grinding for stuff in this season, and it's awesome, and I like it, right? And then next season, you can't invalidate what I just did, right? You, you can't invalidate uh, what I just did by being like, hey, all that stuff sucks now. And here's all the new stuff. It's better. And it's also really hard to be like, hey, that stuff's still good, but this stuff's better. It's like so hard to straddle that fence. So scalability is the big, big question mark, I, I think, for the... Um, on on uh, on on the docket for the future of the franchise. You're seeing scalability problems in almost every game that tries to do this. Borderlands 3, Division 2, Anthem. If you really try cuz listen, you can make videos and rants and you can criticize those games all you want. You can criticize the end game of Borderlands 3 and Division 2 and Anthem and we can be really mean and yeah, those games suck, okay? If you zoom all the way out on those games and you want to summarize the the general problem with all those games, it's scalability to the end game. It just doesn't scale right. It's like I'm either bored, I'm too powerful, or I'm too weak, or things are imbalanced, or things are broken. There's not a strong enough incentive to grind. Destiny struggles with that as well. Why min-max? Why, why perfect your build? There's no content where you need to do that. Um, it... it scalability of the end game is the true challenge of all these games 
because they're trying to give you an experience that lines up with like MMO World of Warcraft player styles like play styles but they're also not really demanding that of you because it's it's still a very console very casual game <clears throat> bulldog what is there what if there's no d3 but a massive event like it does in wow with a clean slate that can happen i mean this that's not really that's not really a question uh athena's nova do you think we'll get a new race of enemies possibly big boy nikki with three months thank you there's a lot of rumors about the veil and the triangle ship so it's very possible we'll get a new race of enemies i could see that bulldog could bungie be working so hard on d3 that they neglect d2 i sure that's always a likelihood that we start to get uh, you know less content less updates um, and less substance, which I believe is probably natural for that to kind of be, but kind of happen. Look at Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph. It just a natural decline. Rise of Iron was smaller than King's Fall, less substantive than King's Fall. Is a natural sort of like, okay, we're we're kind of taking Destiny and we're kind of like pushing it out and saying, okay, stay afloat. We'll see you in a year. Like you know, they're like pushing the game to kind of like let it drift and let it kind of end. Uh, do you think crossplay will come to DTU or D3? They want to do it. No idea when it will happen. Uh, Mark Newsworthy indicated they'd like to do it, but it's not really in the cards right now. 38 months from Curse Kane. Thank you. JC from YT. Wouldn't they need to wrap up all the narrative threads so that the huge, all-encompassing, important story for kindergartners and reviewers to follow? This really isn't a giant need. I think the, the, the story is already kind of doing that anyway. They're kind of trying to pull everything together. Aiden Bow, why do you think Bungie has gone away from their Twitch livestream announcements? Haven't had one in a while, right? Felt like we used to get them more frequently. I think maybe you're misremembering. They did one right before Season of Dawn. Um, and that's pretty much par for the course. They were not doing like monthly or weekly streams, homie. They were doing, I think they were doing them typically like right before a content drop. So they'll probably do one for Season of the Worthy. Um, I would expect that one to be a little bit more substantive season of the dawn or i'm sorry season of dawn's stream was like what it was shorter than an hour there was almost no information contained in it i would imagine season of the worthy with trials and significant sandbox changes i would imagine that that stream to be a little bit more substantive and a little more information heavy Jay Laughlin, if D2 is going to be supported for the foreseeable future and adding plus removing content to keep up, would adding an installation menu where players can pick and choose what the content they want at any given time I this this sounds so good, but it's probably not possible they didn't build the game with this in mind you can't go in and like delete Mercury to save space, like hey you want to download the new season? Alright which planet is getting removed like they don't I don't think they have the ability to let you do that it's it's such a good idea it'd be great because they'd be like yeah it's fine remove all the story missions I don't play them remove the campaign remove the cutscenes I don't watch them I wouldn't care if they're like hey uh, to download the new DLC it's pretty pretty big these are the things we're gonna have to remove from the game you know this we're just giving you the heads up I'd be like that's fine I don't play the story missions I don't I don't need those cutscenes I don't need that dialogue um, it sounds good. I don't think it's possible. T-Funk. If D3 launches, what pitfalls do you see arising? Like, great idea. Static rolls for PvP leads to a mediocre late game. It's so hard to speculate about this. Like, I can't look into the future and be like, well, Bungie's probably going to think X, Y, and Z. I think the biggest reason that that happened to D2 was because foundational decisions were made 
and things were put in motion that couldn't be reversed. The advantage that we have now is I feel that Luke Smith has cast a unified vision for the game. They're bolstering that, evolving and leaning into that, which would ultimately then lay the groundwork and influence the next game. Does that make sense? I feel like the production of the next game will be more heavily influenced by where we are now. Imagine if everything we said experienced praise and criticized in Rise of Iron and beyond, what if that would have shaped D2? We'd, I mean, it'd be a much different game right now. It'd be a much different game. So, in in that regard, I think we're in a better situation. I don't think there's going to be this, this massive sort of problem of the... Th- this oh my gosh I can't believe they did this thing how could they how could they even how could they even conceive of doing this why would they do double primary I just think too much of that was put into place um, beforehand so I I can't I can't do it anymore I can't I just keep looking at chat and, and I, it's like an ice pick in my eyeball I have to ban that guy I can't take it go watch somebody else that thinks trials is the savior of destiny. Uh, the Invader Zim. Do you think D3 will be a massive overhaul, or will it be like D1 or D2? I think it'll be heavily influenced by everything I just said. Uh, everything we're c- contributing to now, the seasonal content, the hobbyist-style content, the trickle content, um, I think it, that's going to influence it more than than anything. Evan Space. What makes you think that there will be a D3 Bungie uh, it'd be a D3. Bungie said that they want D2 to be an RPG MMO and D2 would be expected to last as long as WoW. These statements were never made. Um, I don't know where you're quoting this. D2 would be expected to last as long as WoW. I, again, this is, this is, this is getting to the point. It's getting a little comical, like th- quoting, ripping quotes out of context and being like, this means we're not getting destiny three. I don't know where I ever saw them say Destiny 2 is going to last as long as WoW. I don't remember them ever saying that. Now, I know Mark Noseworthy in a vid doc before Destiny ever even launched as a franchise said, we envision this being a game you play for 10 years. That got turned into a 10-year plan, um, you know, dialogue that was, that was you know, reigned largely untrue. So, I don't, I don't think they ever said this. Now... It, Destiny 2 being an RPG and an MMO has no relation to them not doing another game that continues everything, you know? I, I, I also don't I also don't think that, like, th- if they said they expected something to last as long as WoW or people to play as long as WoW or to or to think to think of it like a WoW, uh, I, wasn't it Phil Spencer that said that? Didn't Phil Spencer said he envisioned it being like a game like WoW? I, I also think you're taking that from Phil Spencer. I swear that was something he said and not Bungie. Um, and to a certain extent, people are playing it like as well. I mean, people are putting in long hours. People are still playing it. You know, five years into the franchise and people are still playing long, long periods of time. Uh, that was Gabby Ban. Omega. With ritual weapons being generally meh, do you think that they should rethink them or maybe something easier, like introduce a new perk in one season? I, li- I like this idea. I, this was suggested a while ago, and I do. I like it. Introducing a new perk with a ritual weapon to make it special for a season, but then that perk becomes more normative next season. I think that's a great idea. I would love to see Desperado as a normative pulse rifle perk now. Um, You know. That would be cool. I think that would be cool. But 
at the same time at the same time um ritual weapons are in a weird spot here's what i would bring to ritual weapons what i call the genesis chain effect a genesis chain the genesis chain as a weapon wasn't memorable because it was best in class it was memorable because it was unique and I think it's okay to do that. They seem to want to avoid that, but I think it'd be totally okay for raid weapons and ritual weapons to be Genesis Chain in effect. They're unique. And then next season, guess what you can do? Hey, for those of you that maybe didn't run the dungeon or get the ritual weapon, or you didn't, you didn't, you didn't run um, the raid or whatever, that uh, that that perk's now coming down into the general loot pool. You know, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be a good way, like with Desperado, you know? Looks like their servers are having an issue if everybody's getting weaseled at the same time. Uh, Jaska, do you think it would be a good idea to introduce different teams or sides if D3 happens that change your campaign or rewards based on happening with the Vanguard and the Drifter? Yeah, we, we addressed this one a little bit ago. I don't know. I, I don't know if they can go to a choose the darkness or choose the light. That's a big, big undertaking. A big undertaking to give you a completely different experience if you choose dark or light. I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's a big idea that might not be in the cards. Kaj Gaming. What story arcs, lore branches that may or may not have seen clips of would you like to see wrapped up or touched on in D3? We don't even have to get to D3. I want the stranger to come back. I want her to be a time traveler. She can save Cade. Um, she can save us. She can basically help us fix the timeline that would help us go back to nostalgic areas and time travel uh, I want to see Aldrin wrapped up as well uh, I, I, I really do think it'd be cool for Aldrin to show up and be like I don't really remember what I did but folks have told me and I've heard that I basically am the reason your friend died and I'm the reason that the prison is overrun right now the prison of elders and prison of elders as an activity comes back as a temporary seasonal activity and then you work with Aldrin to fix it it would be sort of poetic that he would that he would fix it uh silk in the wind are you at all concerned about the information floating around that only about 10 percent of the devs are working on next gen games i i don't i don't know what you mean by next gen games plural i, I i've not even heard that either fung the buddha if you could pick for d3 more closely resemble the final stages of d1 or the current stage of d2 which would you choose and why the current state of d2 hands down hands down no way that this is where like i've told people if you could time travel and i could take the the shadow keep calendar and the calendar for season of dawn and the calendar we're going to get very soon for the season of the worthy and i put that in front of you and i said okay you got this how much does all that cost well 60 dollars for all of it but it's it's going to go all the way to the summer okay and then i put rise of iron in front of you and I'm like, this is $35. And you're like, okay, cool. What does it have? And I show you. And they're like, okay, what, what's next? Nothing. What's in November? Nothing. December? Nothing. What about January? Nothing. What about February? Nothing. March? Nothing. <laughs> you know, nothing until it's Age of Triumph. I, nobody, I don't think anybody w- with, a, with a shred of honesty in their bones would be like, yeah, let's, uh, let's go with Rise of Iron. Yeah, it's $35. It's it's cheaper than the 60, but man, I really want all those months of nothing. Sign me up for that, dude. I can't wait for months of nothing. That's my favorite. Nobody would pick that. Nobody would pick that. We 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 think too we think too 
rose-colored about D1. So D2 is just in such a better state. I just think people are burned out. People are ready for breaks. People play too much. People, you know, in 2015, in November of 2015, I made a video telling people that they should take breaks and stop playing because they did the same thing with the Taken King. They played like crazy. They ran out of stuff to do and they're like, I'm bored. And I'm like, "Eh, take a break. What are you going to do? They can only give you so much content so often. And now I get to November after Shadowkeep and I'm like, just keep playing. There's stuff to do. There's new stuff. It's new season. It's new content. It's new this. It's new that. So I want Taken King for D2. That was incredible. You got to remember though, there's this weird effect that happens. Like this is a word you might not be familiar with, but I'm going to use it. It's it. There's a salvific effect. <laughs> there is a salvific effect that makes you think that Warmind was incredible and Taken King was unbelievable. No, it basically saved the game. <laughs> and you're remembering that. You're remembering me like, oh, whoo, the game is saved. Oh, praise the traveler. The game is saved. And you remember that and you over probably emphasize how good, how good it was. So how do you spell that? Salvific. It's 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 the it's it's the state of being saved. It's the state of having like a like something that's like a savior. I'm maybe exposing a little too much about myself. Listen, the idea is the idea is that you remember Warmind and you remember you remember taking King in a way that is that's exaggerated because it it was salvific. It like saved the game in your mind. You you came back like oh my gosh, and the. I, I don't think you can always have that effect. Sometimes they're just giving you more content. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes they're just giving you more content. Like, it's like, here you go. Here's Shadow Game. Here you go. Here's a new season. And it's just more Destiny. And you're like, yeah, but, but where's the spark? I want it to feel like Taken King. I want it to feel like Warmind. And it's like, yeah, but I mean, honestly, if you look at the content of Warmind or, or, or the content of the Taken King, like, you did the same thing. You did the same thing. You burnt through it, you were done with it, and then there was nothing on the back end, and you were bored and you were angry. So even then that happened, the difference is you've created almost like a romantic version of it because it saved the game for you. <laughs> Salvific, leading to salvation. Right. I I shouldn't have used that freaking word, because now it's gonna be a it's gonna be a freaking meme. Shut up, chat. Sunfire. Do you think Bungie could update or rework the current subclasses every so often to make it more fresh. Uh, man, you got to be careful. They're turning a lot of knobs right now, and stuff's getting broken. Uh, <laughs> Eternal Dawnblade is an example. The, I, keeping things fresh and keeping things exciting and giving us more power, I think, is is admirable, but it's also very, very dangerous. They can't just be like, hey, guess what? Every three months, we're reevaluating every single subclass. I like what they've been doing is they've been saying... We just did a bunch of updates to Void subclasses. And then a couple months goes by, and they're like, hey, we just did a bunch of updates to Solar subclasses. I think that is totally fine. That feels like tweaking and housekeeping. It's like, okay, we haven't really done anything with these subclasses in a while. What's underutilized? What's too weak? What's too strong? What's, you know, what's underrepresented? And then they go through, and they make those changes. I think that's great. You can't just every once in a while be like, yeah, let's just change it all. Little tweaks and little adjustments here and there, though, I think is good excluded do you think that they could do crossplay only on the new console so it makes people want to move that gets muddy and kind of confusing 
So, I don't know how you would promote that and make it clear. Yeah, you can get crossplay in Destiny if, 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 if. Stop cheering. Shush. Stop cheering. Uh, crossplay if you are on the Xbox Series X. I have an Xbox. No, no, no. An Xbox Series X. Mine's got an X. It's an Xbox One X. No, 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 no. No. An Xbox Series X. The Series X is different than an Xbox One X. So you can't, you can't do crossplay. What if I have a PS4 Pro? No, it'd be for the PS5 only but the ps4 pro is stronger no 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 no. just cross play for oh forget it (laughs) like it there is literally there is there's literally no way they could do that and make it clear it would cause so much confusion and frustration even if they could clearly make like make it clear so like you understand what's going on people would be annoyed oh that's really fair way to treat your loyal players bungie i've been playing your game on my playstation since the alpha and i can't get cross play like you would just tick people off. So, here's what I think. If you want, if Bungie wants to move people to the new consoles, you do it with like an enhanced edition of the game. Better frame rates, better resolution, better FOV, right? You would have to do that because then there's a value transmission. Buy the new console, get the game on that console, and get a better experience, right? Instead of yeah, if you want this perk and this this really cool spiff that people have been asking for for, you know, five years, uh, you're only going to get it on a new console. That would that would go over like a lead balloon. People would not like that. Apparently, Dylan has tweeted emergency maintenance. Wow, this is... This is season of the... Season of the yikes, dude. We're having some... I'm, I don't want to be hard on Bungie. We're, they're having a... They are, they are really... <laughs> They're having a hard time. Uh, they're having a hard time rolling out updates. Um, I kind of feel for them because they kind of have to do like all hands on deck, fire, you know, putting out fires when this sort of things happens. And I know it doesn't make it can't be a fun day for them. Um, that's that's a bummer. It's a good thing you guys submitted over ninety questions. Vapor, if they rework the raids like they did in D one, do you think that they will make exotics out of raid weapons? Uh, an Age of Triumph moment is likely coming where they would consider maybe doing that. I don't know, though. Like, an exotic Midnight Coup with, with burn on it? Oh, oh my, give me that. Yeah, I could see them doing that. Weapon. Could you elaborate on your familiar but expanded theory when it comes to raids? When it comes to raids? Um, this is a pretty good question. Familiar but expanded. Well, familiar but expanded would be would be, you know, six, uh, six man. Uh, six man mechanics boss you know but expanded would be um I don't honestly know when it comes to raids I'm knocking stuff down over here holy crap okay we're good we're good false alarm when it comes to raids I don't know if they need to reinvent the wheel get rid of the revive timer it's terrible uh, revive tokens are fine. If you want to limit how often we can revive, that's fine. Get rid of the timer. One of the worst things they've ever added to raid content. I, I've, I've not found very many people to defend it with, with any any really good argumentation. The timer is horrible. Um, let a team low man it if they want to try. Let them try. It's, you know, build the content to make that tough if you want. You know, if five man's okay, it's kind of possible. Four man's eat, not so much. Three man, yikes. Like, 
low manning war priest and some of the other fights was so fun because it was really intense and really challenging and there's just not a lot of opportunity now to low man stuff so get rid of that freaking timer outside of that I don't know how much you want to evolve the raid experience because I do think the raid experience is good I'll tell you what right now here's my answer I just thought of it familiar but expanded the loot system the loot system, the rewards, the lack of vanity items, all of that. A raid NPC that I'm leveling up, raid bounties, like, all of that is where I would focus my attention. The experience itself of raiding doesn't need to change that much. Taking six people in there and solving a puzzle and beating a boss and having a damage phase, that's fine. That's familiar. We can keep on doing that. But but the loot, the loot system is where I, I would really, really push to say... That's where they. That's where they. They need to go. There's good arguments. You just don't agree with them. Good arguments for the for the timer. I don't know if I've ever seen a good one. I've seen good arguments for the tokens. I've seen good arguments for limiting how much we can res. I've never seen a good argument that says if someone's dead and you don't resurrect them everybody dies after so long I've never seen a good argument for that that was never present in D1 it's not present in any other part of the game it just I've never seen a good argument for that a justification for killing the whole team like dude we're almost gonna get it we've almost got it keep going guys we know Charlie died but let's press on go to dunk it man we've all we're dead why uh there was a timer it counted down what killed us uh we don't really know we don't really know what killed us we're just all dead (laughs) like come on it's awful. It's so terrible. Fung the Buddha. What has prevented Bungie from implementing dedicated servers in the past? Is it purely cost consideration? No, it's it's the second part. Compatibility with other parts of the engine. I believe there was an interview after the D2 World premiere. This was a front burner question. What about dedicated servers, right? That was a big question. And they basically said, this game is not built for dedicated servers. They considered it, and they basically came to the conclusion that if they're going to do dedicated servers, they have to rebuild the entire architecture of the game. Like, think about the way the tower works the local the public spaces and the strikes and everything it's all peer-to-peer one one instance to another they got to rebuild all that none of that is built for dedicated servers it was not on the i I really truly don't think it was a cost i mean it was a cost thing but from a different angle it was a cost of like we don't have time to do that we can't rebuild the whole game Simon Bold, you might have answered it before. Do you think D3 will finally introduce a dark subclass? I'm giving this one a maybe. I, I don't. I don't think it's needed, but I could see them doing it again. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's needed. I, I do think that there's room for it though. Balatorn, thanks for the stream. Do you think that there is a chance that Cade to somehow return to us? Yeah, I think you could have the um, the stranger save him. Because he doesn't have a timeline after he dies. And as long as he doesn't interfere with that timeline and he doesn't mess with our motivations, the stranger could swap him out. Because he's an EXO. So the stranger is an EXO. And she would be familiar with building an EXO. She is, uh, she's a Bray. She's Elsie Bray. I believe she can time travel. I believe she has learned how to time travel and has worked with Osiris. They say similar things. They refer to a ghost as a little light. So I could see her freezing time the way that Osiris freezes time in the one cutscene and swapping out Cade so that Cade gets shot, but it's not Cade. It's somebody else. It's, it's another EXO that's not real it's just like a robot it's a non-living exo 
and that wouldn't mess with anything because she would rip him out of that timeline he doesn't have a timeline there and Aldrin would believe he killed Cade we would believe that Cade died that timeline would stay intact okay and then she could show up in the future and say now I have time to explain and she could explain what she's been doing and then Cade could be with her I also think they could really, really bring it full circle. And when she talks to us, she's, she, you know, she's interacting with us in D1 and she gets a call and she's like, you know, cut the engines, do this and that, and don't let anybody see you or whatever, or wait for my signal. That could be her talking to us in the future. That could be like a cool full circle moment. They like doing stuff like that, like they did with the perfect paradox where Saint gave it to us for us to give it to Saint. Like, that's why it's the perfect paradox. So they could definitely do something like that. Uh, with Cade, I think they could. I don't think they would bring back Nolan. I think they, I don't think they would bring back Nathan Fillion. They would just have Nolan North voice him, <clears throat> and they could make little self-referential jokes about how he sounds different. <laughs> um, J Rig, do you think separate missions for Hunter, Warlock, and Titan could be in a future upgrade of D three? Lore wise, the three classes serve very different functions. They kind of did this actually. I, you might not remember they did this in D2 Vanilla when you went and got your powers back and they had all the narrations and the little projections in that weird forest area I actually thought that was really really cool they were telling you like what it is to be a titan what it is to be a warlock that was actually a pretty cool uh, uh, amount of exactly what you're talking about now it wasn't it wasn't really long and it wasn't super drawn out but they definitely did this Um, the torch Speaking of familiar but expanded, I would like Bungie to expand the usefulness of the elements. Solar abilities could debuff enemies. Void could dampen their abilities, and Arc could make them stationary. Yeah, we talked about intrinsic elemental perks like that. Like, if you do enough damage to a major with any one of those, it would do what you're saying. Now, obviously, enemies like a Thrall or a drag or a vandal or something they would die too fast for this to work it would need to be a threshold of damage shoot a major with enough solar damage and it puts dot damage on them do enough damage with void and it suppresses them you blind them with arc or something so it wouldn't disrupt pvp because you're never going to do enough damage to a guardian you're never going to do enough damage to a, a, a minor you know add for this to proc um i I don't know if that's if, if, if that's going to be something that they need to do, but it certainly would be cool. It would add more depth to the arcs, uh, the elements' presence in the game. Next question from Nomit15. What will happen to our weapons we grind it out? They'll probably go away in the next game. Aiden Bow. I know it's probably one of those questions you and even Bungie may not even thought about, but do you think it's sustainable enough to last another decade like WoW, or is it still in a 10-year plan that Activision had in mind? I believe that and this is not a hype this is not Bungie apologist if they play their cards right they can become one of the most popular games like in the world I do I think they could be one of the biggest MMOs ever people love shooters looters are on the rise and people love MMOs so I do believe if they play their cards right and they lean into what Xbox is trotting out with their infrastructure of play with anyone anywhere and the hobbyist nature of gamers and the expectations of the next generation of gamers, I do believe that Destiny has the potential to be a a, uh, a generation-defining game. It would be talked about the way that people talk about WoW. Um, now, I say they have the potential. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. They have all the pieces and parts needed to pull that off. Dedicated fan base, 
great lore and, and backstory, a tenacious and and very passionate company that doesn't want to give up on the game. Um, and they have a very very satisfying very very satisfying gameplay loop. They have the pieces and the parts uh, necessary. So, um, and we will read through the angry tweets in a moment because it looks like Trav sent another legendary one. Uh, Spaceboat four thousand. Do you think that D three could implement a more immersive way of loading into areas? Just clicking on a planet and loading in is functional, but not flashy and fun. Possibly adding ship flying. They did that for a couple of missions. What was the one where you got dropped off on uh, the? It was shoot. It was for the Taken King. Um, Phobos, you, you know, they did a flyover or whatever. I don't really care about that, man. I, it, 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 it's cool, but truth be told, um, those types of things just become white noise, you know, when you're in week five and month three. You know, you're just like, no, give me to the planet, dead gummit. <laughs> I'm just trying to get this bounty done. Um, yeah, all that stuff, that stuff's great, but it's window dressing. Uh, Steph Jordan with 25 months I missed your 25 months subs Def, and then uh, Steph I'm sorry and then Decos with a brand new prime sub enjoy your dope badge and emotes and ad free viewing uh, Conchitis when we talk about the future of match made activities what do you think a strike patrol activity Blindwell Archons 4GP could have in D3 to allow them to shine it's too generic I, I again I think they've got good pieces and parts but they just need to expand upon them with with bigger and more longer, you know, loot incentive and more drawn out. Frank Epic. I don't know if you discussed this earlier, but is there a need for them to make D3? What is forcing them to think about making D3? Is there a reason? D2 is too limited in space. Uh, They're going to run out of space. The technology is outdated. New consoles are on the way. If you want to exist in that landscape, you got to move forward and evolve. Uh, Aiden Bow. I feel like Bungie is constantly in an uphill battle. The amount of time it would take to make a solid D3 launch while still maintaining D2 seems impossible. Bungie is a large studio, but it seems like a tall task uh, to please all parties. It certainly is. It certainly is, and uh, I think that's one of the things we've kind of been trying to enumerate today, is that it's not going to be an easy road. Uh, Niche King. With Darkness coming back, what would you say about them introducing a new element called Dark? We've already talked about a Darkness subclass. Uh, sorry it's off topic, just wondering when the next Rageous Roundtable will be out. Only recently found your channel, been really enjoying it. We do the Rageous Roundtable every Monday night. La- uh, last night we had Paris on, uh, Vicious696 from Gamertag Radio. He just recently got to interview Phil Spencer. That will hit YouTube tonight. It is a highlight right now on the channel, and we do those live every Monday night. Those hit YouTube and the audio versions basically a day later. We do the show on Monday night, and the following Tuesday evening, it all hits the audio formats and YouTube. 100 and some odd questions, um, 104 questions, that's plenty. There's no more left in the queue. We're going to keep talking and keep discussing because there's maintenance. Yay! But I'm going to cut this for the folks that are listening elsewhere. This was a long one, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. If not, please like, share, and subscribe.